I kind of I kind of feel like we've gone this long just basically because all of us have felt the need to salvage it, but it doesn't it it refuses to get any better. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> we can still salvage this. We can still make something of it. This didn't get any. Podcast of British people. With me is Sam. Hello. Uh, we also have Jesse. Hello. Adam. Hi. Just drinking. GameCube. Uh, and we have Matt. Hello. Good and I'm you. Jay. And I'm hosting this shit. So he is. I, uh... This is this is the possibly the, the most packed we've had the show um, since maybe the first or second episode. Yep. Well, there was that there was the one where Louis up and fucked off. He had two <laughs> people. <laughs> That's because I suddenly came into it, replacing. Yeah, you just suddenly started. You just you just came in and just ruined everything. Ruined everything. There's no room for a sixth person in a fivesome. That makes sense. It does. It does. Logic. Speaking of groups of people together, can we get started on the porno special? <laughs> <laughs> this is the porno special. Are we just are we just gonna watch porn and in rebellion of the porn that's gonna be taken from us? Except for not me because I'm not in your country. Not you at all. Yeah, you're gonna be fine. Yeah. I, I think I we just need have, some... I just have tabs upon tabs of porn open right now. I'm just flipping through and laughing maniacally. I think we need to be clear here. David Cameron has basically stepped down on this because I'm pretty sure he announced it without asking his tech advisors. Then his tech advisors the next day went, um, do realise it won't work, right? And all it's going to do is block, say, as they said on Top Gear, these uh, filters detect orange as a skin colour. So if you set the background of your website to orange, it will block it thinking it's porn. So it's just going to block all orange websites. It's, it won't work. Um, and so, you know, despite the fact that in the interview he was defending the Sun and their page three thing, yeah, uh, he's saying that's fine, that's family friendly because all it is is breasts. It's nothing like you know, nothing depraved. It's fine. Okay, I can understand that. But his filter would have just blocked those. The really weird fetishes yep. would have still gotten through. <laughs> also, <laughs> with the super um... weird ones, yeah. Another thing about the filter that it would have also blocked, because it wouldn't just block porn. No, no, it would have blocked, um, there's a list, uh, the current filters. And people were telling me I'm naive for thinking that they're going to stay the same. But they are. ISPs aren't going to invest any money into it, because why would they? Everyone's going to turn it off. No one in their right mind is going to leave this thing on. So, let me see, uh, what was going to be blocked? Um, Facebook and Twitter were going to be blocked, because they you can just post things to it. Tumblr was definitely going to be blocked. DeviantArt, things like that. Uh, the Open Rights Group, various NHS pages, which is a bit of a worry. Uh, <laughs> WebMD, because uh, Wikipedia, because Wikipedia contains explicit images on the pages talking about explicit things, as it wow. would. As would any encyclopedia, you know. Um, let's face it, they would add a blacklist or a whitelist rather, so Wikipedia wouldn't be blocked and I reckon Twitter and Facebook would be, but stuff would not, like, just random things like forums, all forums, if they use, because uh, it will detect PHP, BB, 
it can detect if it's a forum, so it will block all forums because you can just post stuff to it. It would block, say, Instagram. It would because you can just post stuff. This yeah. is the problem. This is the problem. Why when they were trying to bring Sopa in, it's exactly the same issue. They're going to block things where you can potentially post porn. Any uh, mm-hmm. rising social media in which you know, not even just social media. I suppose forums are a social media. Um, but any anywhere that people are starting to congregate on the internet that isn't yet on their whitelist is going to be blocked. So it, it wouldn't work. The only exceptions to this... Now, bear in mind, this is to curb child porn, right? Mm. The only exceptions to this are if you're using Tor, which, let's face it, is where all the child porn's being distributed. It's not hard to figure that out because it's an anonymous network of like websites that you have no IP, basically. It's completely anonymous. Right. Where do you think it's going to be? Um, and where else? What else is it going to blo- uh, not block? Oh, yeah, IRC, chat rooms. IRC, chat rooms, another place where it's distributed. So you're going to be blocking everything but. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting to see that they're also going to block gaming sites. Which uh, yeah, is such it was a vague also going to block websites it... to do with uh, well, gaming. They meant by they meant gambling by gaming, but and gaming as in destructoid joystick Kotaku uh, GameStop GameSpot. That's not all of them. It's because they cover gambling. No, no, no. I'm, what I'm saying is that they are going to block both gambling and yeah. video gaming sites because it's, it's an umbrella term for. That's why it's stupid. Again, uh, they were also going to block um, or something else as well. Um, suicide hotlines was one of them. Suicide hotlines. Yeah, you're right. They were going to block uh, anything to do with self harm, which includes self help pages, uh, sexual yeah. health forums, uh, sexual health pages. You know, actually important stuff. Um, apparently, under the current filters, Childline is blocked. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell! Tell you what. Tell you what. We don't want. Uh, the the children of our nation to be, to get access to help with any of their problems. <laughs> it's to the point now where not only is it not going to affect paedophiles because they're using Tor, they're using I2P, they're using anonymous networks, they're, they're using P2P. They're cleverer than a person who is making a blanket um, a blanket ban on various things. They look they look yeah. at and go, I don't like that at all. Um, it's it's a backdoor for legislating morality because you can't stop child porn from existing. The fact is, no matter how hard you try, it will it existed before the internet. It will exist after the internet. That's not a nice thing to realise, but it will always be there. There's yeah. just nothing we can do about it. it. It's something that will always happen. You know, the only thing, as far as I'm concerned, you could do is treat the people who've who are affected because it's a it's a mental disorder mm-hmm. so you need to treat both of them you need to fix the mental disorder if you can if not send them to jonathan holmes's hospital at once just if you can <laughs> if not, then it's 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 um as i said on twitter if a few times david cameron lacks a fundamental of understanding of both the internet and sex crime just doesn't get it yeah he does he does he genuinely does when you go to uh, when you go to the hospital of monsters, ask for Holmes. He'll give you a cheeky bit of crack. <laughs> you know, just for free. Just a cheeky bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you go up to the receptionist and you say, uh, the water is under the bridge. I'm here for Constantina. And then just see what happens. They'll direct you the right way. 
It's, it's like a racket in the basement underneath the Hospital of the Monsters. It's run by the Joker, of course, and Jonathan Holmes... Uh, the Joker makes him dress up as Harley Quinn. Um, he's, he's down there uh, distributing crack, because Captain Crack Cocaine was turned to the dark side. Um, my God, this went off. Um, <laughs> anyway, yes, horn filters won't work. There's no point. Uh, there's... Honestly, I don't know why people... Uh, the, the weirdest thing about it, though, he, he's, he's basically just doing it to get votes because the election is in, what, a year? A year or two? Uh, just Yeah, just over a year. Yeah. Um, he has an approval rating of something like 4%. It's ridiculous. It truly is. No one likes him. I mean, at the beginning of, the, of his term, I was thinking, OK, right, he's made some decisions that people aren't going to like about the economy, but these are things that have to be done because we need to curb the debt. Then last year, they lowered the rich tax by 5p mm-hmm. and raised the poorer taxes. What? What is... what? Uh, I don't get it. Yeah, and um, he's, they, they recently had that scheme where they spent uh, 3 million... No, 30 million, something like that, uh, to try and get youth kids into employment, and they um, they got 3,000 in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bugger off. <laughs> They've spent thousands and thousands of pounds on each person when the yeah. government. <laughs> for that risk... money, the government could have employed them all themselves. <laughs> At the risk of <laughs> um, of kind of turning this into a political podcast, it's it's a matter of people believing their own hype, isn't it? By you know say, saying, ah, oh, well, you see, the problem with unemployment, the reason so many people are unemployed, isn't because there aren't any jobs. It's actually because um, they're all lazy, and what we need to do is spend thousands of pounds um, this this initiative and in uh, training these people not to be lazy, and uh, then they'll just uh, they'll get off their backsides, they'll pull off, uh, pull their socks up, and they'll all get jobs. Yeah, yeah, it's that, not that, how it works. Um, they works. did a show on the BBC recently with Nick Hewitt and Margaret, uh, both off The Apprentice. Margaret, uh, not that Margaret, but it might as well have been. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, and it's called We Pay Your Benefits. And that sounds really patronising, but the show was kind of a nice idea. The way they'd go into these different people, and they were completely different people with benefits, and try and get them back into work. Or at least... And then they'd have the taxpayers come and look at their way of life and decide whether they should be getting more or less benefits. There was this one family, and they were getting, like, 26 grand mm. in benefits. But it was a single parent... And the only jobs he could get were giving him 22 grand, and then he'd have to pay for childcare. Mm-hmm. So he couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And at the end, they said, well, honestly, with the way you're living, you deserve more help. Whereas there was this student who was getting everything, or ex-student, who was getting everything paid for him. Um, but he was only getting £3,000 a year, but they said, well, you don't need that, because you're not using it on anything apart from just random crap. You're not even paying towards the bills. You've just, You've just... Yeah, kind of taken in the steam summer sale, and that's it. Well, exactly. I mean, he had an iPhone. He had the. He had the. You know. You know the, the scumbag guy or the meme. He had that hat. Oh, nice. And an iPhone five. Um, yeah. And the latest MacBook, and so oh, more than I can afford. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know. I. I don't. His excuse was he doesn't want to go work in a shop. He wants to have a career, which is fine. But he graduated from uni with media studies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but this is still sounding like me at the moment. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, I'm not trying to go out and be scumbag Steve or whatever. No, that was his name. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least you're doing things. I'm not just spending a load of money on Steam summer sales, if that's what you mean. (laughs) I am. I'm kind of in a similar situation, but I've been spending nearly all of it on driving lessons. Yeah, no, stuff that you can help you get a job because you'll be able to drive <laughs> yeah. places. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Speaking also, of Steam... Also, um, just to... Hang on. No, but before we get to Steam sales, um, let me just say congratulations to me. I passed last week. Yay! Yay! Well, congrats! Yay. Now you get to pay insurance. <laughs> it's wonderful, pay, yay! You get to pay insurance. You get the uh, right. incredible chance... Is the, the the most fantastic experience you'll have in your, your entire life of being designated driver. <laughs> oh, my life's crumbling before my eyes. Yay! <laughs> I, I, we, we once checked out my friend's car insurance. He just passed, and he had a Ford KA. So, you know, one of the most easily insurable cars. And I can't... I think it was Privilege were offering £21,000 insurance. <laughs> I... yeah... No, no, no one, no one needs that. Twenty-one grand for a car worth a hundred. That was absurd. But anyway, um, speaking of money, Steam sales. How much did we all spend? Zero. Too much, I think. Not a penny. Um, I. I sold a load of cards and got cheap games. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, what I did was I ended up spending more than I expected. I can't exactly remember entirely how much I spent. Spent probably I probably spent about thirty. 30 to 35 on just oh, games. Okay. And then um, afterwards, I bought three of every card. Um, just because. I made, like, one badge, and I'm holding on to the rest to see if they go up in price. To be wow. fair, they were... Um, they were what? 9p each? So yeah, I'm not exactly down that much on investment. Um, I think total, including the ones I actually made, uh, including the bad, you know, the badges I actually made, I think I was down. I, I went down on on just cards about a fiver. Um, so it's not, you know, the most traumatic experience of my entire life if they all go down to five p and stay there. But if they do become rare because you can't get them anymore, um, I'll sell them on at a higher price. And one, of the games, one of the games I got a while ago called Cherry Tree High Comedy Club. It's a Japanese visual novel sort of thing. They have cards and they're going for £2.41 each. Wait, what? how much is the game? About 5 49 I think. <laughs> I might get it because that <laughs> with three card drops I will have made my money back. Exactly. It's wonderful. It's amazing. It's a really good game, but yeah, the cards are quids in. I I bought one game. I'm well proud of myself. I bought one game. I bought System Shock 2, and I'm not going to play it until I paid the first one. So it it was (laughs) £1.85. Yeah, apparently there's no... You don't really need to pay the first one. No, but considering the game is a sequel and the story does follow on, and yeah, I kind of should. I'll just Wikipedia it. Yeah, I know, but I really want to play the first one. I bought uh, Mark of the Ninja. That's a good game. I got it in Indie Bundle, though, so... Um, what else? Don't Starve, I got. Yeah. I think... Um... See, I got... I've got a lot of games. <laughs> I got The Cave. The Cave is another one I got. I got Scribblenauts. That's awesome. I got That's that too, game. yeah. I got 
Rogue Legacy. That's really interesting. I can't wait to get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't got... What else did I get? I think I bought oh, yeah, a side game. gifted me Burnout, so... Oh, and I got the Basement Collection as well. Someone bought me... Uh... Oh. Bought me that, which you know, it's not—it's a very cheap uh, present, but it's, yeah. <laughs> it's good enough. I saw that in game the other day. Box. You're kidding. They sell yeah, the, they It's a collection of, of about. It's a collection of about six flash games. Still, Just, I yeah, would but, buy that. Yeah, but why? Why do they sell that? I can understand if it was bundled with Super Meat Boy or something. Yeah, I think but it's because it's a that... special edition. As in, you, you get the soundtrack, you get a poster, you get. Other digital yeah. stuff you get behind the scenes stuff. I would. You do, they do but... loads of indie games. There. They do. I'm quite impressed. Um, I'm waiting to. If I see a boxed copy of FTL, I'm going to buy it. Um, because I like FTL very much. Uh, which is what I just started playing this week. Um, because I noticed it was there and I thought, hey, why not? Um, it's really good. I got to the final sector and then forgot to buy any upgrades along the way and died. So there we go. Cool. It's kind of how it goes for me most of the time. I don't know anyone who's finished it. Um, so there we go. But I had a couple of really good runs where I had nothing but civilian uh, sectors all the way. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Good, good job. I don't know, so... it's, it's weird because of all the games that you buy on Steam sale, and yet the one game I was playing loads was something I got off good old games, Rose Coaster <laughs> Tycoon 3, which I just suddenly decided I'm going to get really addicted to this. <laughs> Well, I, the thing the thing with me at the moment is my game choices, the games I'm playing, and let's let's just why not transition this into games of the week. Um, I've been playing mostly um, games that will get me cards. Honestly, I go instead of instead of going to my game library, which is too many and so many that I haven't even downloaded. I go to uh, you know my name. I go to badges, um, and then I look. I scroll down. Until I find something where I've got one or two card drops remaining, or maybe just one that I haven't played yet and I've always wanted to play, uh, but will also give me badges as I play. And then, here's the sad part. I play it until I get all four card drops, and sometimes just stop. (laughs) Oh dear, the Steam trading cards are a little bit of a bitch. But once once you get to the end, once you've got all your, all the cards that you're going to get, I mean, the exception being uh, Psychonauts, I recently finished, um, which was fantastic, and uh, they give you five card drops out of out of nine cards in that one, and I got three three spares, which yeah. was fantastic. As in, you know, uh, three out of my five cards were the same card. I had that with Left 4 Dead. I got like four different copies of the Charger. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, got, as far as the um the ones that were special to Steam Subcell, I got a load of ones for Football Manager. So it was just seven right. different screaming mouths in my face. Why do you <laughs> own Football Manager? No, it was the um one they designed just for Steam Summer Sale. As oh. In, oh those yeah. and the closer the, the, the yeah. card is just a close up of a man's screaming mouth. It's basically Willem Dafoe just nah! I would love to see Willem Dafoe in a football game. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine it? Willem Dafoe going in for the tackle and just screaming at them. 
He'd be better off in rugby, actually. Just, he just runs towards him and just unhinges his jaw, scoops the ball up into it, and just spits it into the goal. <laughs> I feel, I feel, I, you know, sometimes I think that my my image of Willem Dafoe is beyond human. Because he is. Well, he is in a way, but when you look at p- actual pictures of him or watch a film that he's in, um, for instance, the uh, what's it called? The vampire oh, one. Spider. No, Man. the uh, the, the 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 gangster one where he's a police. Cheap. Uh, Boondock oh, Saints. Yes. Boondock Saints, that's the one. Oh, I was going to say the Boomtown Raptor, that's a band, isn't it? Yes. Um, uh, Boondock Saints, yeah, that, which is a fantastic film. Really good. Really good. I mean, honestly, if anyone wants the, the quintessential Defoe experience, that's the, that's the film. I can't think about it if his best moment. They're just all fabulous. Just that. Just go watch it. That. Because... Uh, His acting is absolutely flawless in everything he does. True, but in that, but in most of his films, he doesn't get to run into the middle of a, in the middle of a road, look up, spread his arms, and say, "There was a fire fight." You haven't been watching the right Willem Dafoe films. <laughs> do, you, do you? I know. Sorry, I'm uh, missing out. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to look really carefully. They splice it in for a few frames. <laughs> yeah. Um, but seriously, though, um, I think that listening to Podtoid has actually deformed my view of Willem yeah, Dafoe totally. to the point where he is genuinely not human anymore. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, ever since Spider-Man, I, every single time I've seen Willem Dafoe on screen, I expect him to turn into the Green Goblin. <laughs> because well, of that, that would just mean a better film. Spider-Man. I expect him to taunt James Franco. I mean, you know. Oh, do you know how much I've sacrificed? <laughs> I think one of the only good films I like from him, I mean, Oz was alright, but I didn't mind This Is The End, where the whole point of it is making him out to be a dick. <laughs> so it's kind of alright. <laughs> um, Pineapple Express and Hundred Faces on the Oz. Huh. Those are, those are films. Films. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're still doing Game of the Week. But yeah, it's Games of the Week. So, um, quite simply, I finished Psychonauts. Um, I played some uh, as many MOBAs as I possibly could and <laughs> found out that many of them are just the same as each other. Yeah, they um, are. That's because they're all clones of Dota. That's yeah by definition. Um, and that's, that's about it, really. Oh, yeah, and I, I got my PS3 working. Oh, good. Yeah, the one I bought for, like, 40 quid. Um, I... And then found out that the disc drive didn't work. So, mm. <laughs> stupidly, I bought it for 40 quid. Um, which is good. You know, eBay, fair enough. And then I um, went to game, bought some games from game, the game shop. And they... I bought The Last of Us. I bought uh, God of War uh, 3 and the Journey Collection, which is... Uh, hang on, just a second. Flower, Journey and Flow. That's the one, Flower, Journey and Flow. So, um, I went and plugged it in. This track didn't work. Oh, God. So, I bought Nino Cooney from the eShop, signed up to PS Plus. Um, oh, yes. 
and played through all of God of War 1 and Shadow of the Colossus. Um, two, I mean, God of War 1 was okay. Um, That's all right. And Shadow of the Colossus was absolutely fantastic. Um, if you just people, if people haven't played that yet, um, just get a PS3 because they they are that cheap. Um, and then I sent it off to be repaired, and played through The Last of Us. Really, really enjoyed that game. Yeah, oddly enough, my brother recently got an Xbox 360. Mm. So, <sighs> oh, shut up. <laughs> one, I mean, one of the games I saw. Um, was Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 for about £5. So I thought, what? why not? Yeah. It's worth pounds. £5. Pound. I not thought, why not? That, but, yeah. I can go through the single player pretty quickly for £5. It's pretty anemic. You can go through in about half an hour. Yeah. Mm. I was expecting something... I was expecting the worst game ever made. No. Based on... No. No, it's really not. It, it really is a 9 out of 10 game, like Jim said. Who'd have thought that this thing would not give me cancer like I thought it was going to? <laughs> that, that, a... that is a tagline for the box. Call of Duty does not give you cancer. <laughs> That's great. No, but it's all right. I mean, it's, it's, it's nothing... I couldn't understand the story. It all seemed... Like... No, the story is complete Coswallop. There's absolutely no point in trying to follow it. But, but yeah, it's a fun shooty game. I can play some split-screen... And it's really, really fun. No, it's all right. What, I, I don't understand how most point, people can hate this. At I this mean, point, yes. there's a copy of Modern Warfare 3 just shouting, What do you want from me? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've never understood what people actually expected to get from a Call of Duty game. They bought a Call of Duty game, and it was a Call of Duty game. Yeah. It's like, duh. Uh, what did you expect? Did you expect Rock Band? Because you should have bought Rock Band. <laughs> if I'd bought Call of Duty and got Rock Band, I would be pretty annoyed. I mean, buyer beware, not Rock Band. It's probably something you could say on the case. Well, yeah, no, I would, I would expect it to tell you that it isn't Rock Band. <laughs> this is not Rock Band, Banjo-Kazooie, or The Last of Us. Just, yeah, buyer beware. Shock yeah, horror Call of Duty is not Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. So that's, that's, a... that's another good tag. That's another good tagline. That one that's actually really, really beneficial to it. Oh yeah, it's of not, course. To any game. Not there are no stupid go karts in it. My brother actually bought that as well, and he, I was just like, "Why? It's terrible." He's such a bad guy. Well, to be fair, the platforming stuff is excellent. Yeah, I mean, but it's, it's none of it. If it <laughs> was a Banjo Kazooie game, it would have been fine. But it's a stupid Lego car game. You played that game, and you can tell that the cars were tacked on late in development. Well, can I just say that I think that the the um, the cars and the game itself is quite fun. Um, it, it is, you it's know, just... I enjoyed making little things and shooting myself across the practice area in the demo, and then you know you get the various. It's it's tr- almost true to form in the way that you have a thing that lets you go up steep hills and then you have a thing that makes you do a bit of a jump and then you have a thing that you know it's basically a banjo kazooie game except it isn't at all and if they'd just made a banjo kazooie game they would have had everything they needed if they made a proper lego car game that could have been good as well Mm. hey hey you know what's a good lego car game lego racers go play that 
It is good. Why would they bother? Like, Lego Racers 1 and 2, they're completely different games, but they're both pretty good. I always wanted Rocket Racer figure when I was little. They never existed. I was very sad. But yeah, Lego Racers, it's good. Rocket Racer was a bastard. Oh, Rocket Racer is so hard. Such a bastard. Such a that I, remember, I remember getting Lego Racers thinking, wow, it's awesome. I mean, it is a shitty Diddy Kong Racing, but oh my god, it's got Lego in it. Well, I was going I to say, it was amazing. Rocket Racer was essentially the equivalent to the last boss of Diddy Kong Racing. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was, uh, yeah, he was. <laughs> that big pig that you never saw again. Was his, mm. Can anyone remember his name? I don't remember. I only Giant pig. Whiz pig. pig. My brother's playing it now. He, what, playing it right now? Well, he's got it... Well, not now, but he's been doing it all week. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there you go. But I think that uh, he was a fantastic bad guy because you didn't see him all game until the last bit. you got to say that his face a good chunk, bro. It was right there in the middle of the fucking screen. True. As True. In, in, in the main hub, his giant piggy face... Was staring at you all the time. And then when you got to the end, you got to see his ass quite a lot as well. Yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Someone just make a sexually wants. interesting noise. Mm. Mm, bandicoot. I, I, I like Crash Team Racing myself. That's why. Uh, wow. but, uh, the same, exactly the same nitrous oxide. You only see him at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, although I, I found out why that is apparently his player model is too big to render on any other track <laughs> wow um, that's because, cool because it uses way more polys so uh, because the PS1 was quite limited they couldn't they literally couldn't get him working on most of the tracks <laughs> they had to design the track to be low poly wow and to have a specifically low draw distance in that one track it was, it was quite clever um I've got to say, Diddy Kong Racing was the only uh, kart game I've ever seen that had boss a boss that the entire fi- the entire kind of race fight was just power sliding. Yeah, you had to yeah. power slide all the way up a mountain. It you was know, uh, yeah. Fun fact about um, the other one what was it uh, Diddy Kong? Uh, not Diddy Kong. Um, Crash Team Racing yeah. is that they actually recreated one of the tracks from Diddy Kong Racing in the engine to make sure that they could do tracks that were good oh really yeah uh, it's no longer in the game they took it out obviously um, oh that's a shame but I, I love finding all this stuff that like would happen in development like uh, you know GoldenEye 64 mm. mm-hmm. that has yeah. a ZX Spectrum emulator in it really Why? yeah it's hidden it's hidden in the code and it has all of um, Rare's old games back when they were known as Ultimate Play the Game mm. but it, yeah. it has all of their old ZX Spectrum games in it and it's a fully functioning ZX Spectrum emulator <laughs> but it's hidden. You can you can unlock it with the game shark. <clears throat> I mean, for a game that had to cut a load of musical and sound effect tracks because there wasn't enough space, hiding a whole emulator in there just seems a little odd. Yeah, but the ZX Spectrum only takes up like thirty-two k. Yes, it's it's not like it's going to be a severe footprint or anything. Mm-hmm. And also, probably the people who were in charge of space didn't know about it. Uh, no, they didn't. Uh, they just commented out the code, because they weren't meant to distribute it. Um, all they did was comment out the code. Um, ah. Hence why you can still get it with a GameShark. Yeah, because literally just fully functional and accessible. Yeah. 
Nice. That's such odd things. I love I love game development. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always fun. I love I just love rare. I just wish they'd come. Please uh, come. They won't. They're, they've all left. People like Grant and that just they don't work for rare anymore. Yeah. It's a completely different company now. At least we have. At least we'll always have Paris. When I say when I say uh, is that a Star Trek reference? No, it's not a Star Trek reference. It's a fucking Casablanca reference. Okay. Learn some fucking culture. I'm sorry, my uh, <laughs> my uh, my my knowledge of uh, Casablanca is far outweighed by my knowledge of Star Trek: The Next Generation, which there is an episode called "We'll Always Have Paris." Yeah, so, it's a reference to <laughs> Casablanca. Casablanca. But I didn't know that, so you know, I learned I learned a thing, and I shouted at someone about things. <laughs> so anyway, um, I. I do think, you know, that they, there have been people saying, you know, that some of the old Rare team do want to get back together if it ever lines up, that they're all not doing anything at the same time. Well, they are, aren't they? People like Grant just aren't doing anything anymore as far Grant's, as... Grant's uh, busy. Grant, he's always doing uh, something. Grant Kirkhope is... He's just finished off doing uh, Mickey Mouse Cast- Castle of Illusion. Is that... Well, that'd that, be good. Uh, ninja, oh, okay. He's doing that Ninja Gaiden spin-off thing, isn't he? He did... Uh, he did Kingdoms of Amalur. Yeah, um, yeah, and then that studio disbanded. Um. <laughs> yeah, um, then he did, uh, did he Cityville, oh. something like that, something for the something for a Facebook game, yeah, which actually the, um, the the soundtrack of that is actually really good. Yeah, well, yeah, of course. But I mean, in terms of like worth listening to, going and actually listening to, because because it was done by Grant. That's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Yay! Conrad has accepted my friend request. Oh, that's Yay! Yay! Sorry, continue. <laughs> um, and uh, and now, yeah, he's just finished off uh, Castle of Illusion, which is really fun. I don't Still, know. though, he could be doing more. He could absolutely. Um, and there's all, all sorts of there's all sorts of uh, you know X rare people who um, are doing things. They're still working, almost all of them. Yeah, well, yeah, they're at work, but they're not doing anything particularly notable or great. I mean, Kingdom of Zamala wasn't amazing. It was alright, but... Mm, I think Chris Seaver's on his, uh, working on his own um, uh, iOS game. Mm. Yeah, see, here's the thing. They all go on to work for like, these casual projects. I know they're easier to do, Yeah. but... I don't know. I want them all to come back and make a platformer for the Vita, because there aren't enough platformers on this damn thing. Is it, is it, do you reckon, because they are getting on now and the people who want to work on ambitious titles tend to be younger? Uh, I think it's more that they don't have the money. Because listening to them in interviews recently and things, they all seem to want to do big things again. Mm-hmm. They just, well, they want to do things that are simple, but they want to do them on a large scale, so like Banjo-Kazooie style thing. But they can't do that these days, because that just wouldn't work. I mean, Banjo-Kazooie, yeah, it felt big back in the day, but you play it now, it feels positively tiny. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is why Nuts and Bolts had that huge overworld back when it was being developed as Banjo-3. Yeah. Um, and then they changed, they tacked the car shit onto it. Um, I'm pretty sure that was mandated by Microsoft. <laughs> I am, I am like, 99% sure, but no, uh, it seems too weird. I mean, to suddenly change your game into a Lego car game? I don't well, think... I'll tell you, there's a very reason for that. 
and was that the worlds were too big because they said that the worlds had to be bigger because it's a, new, a newer thing and everything has to be bigger. And so they made the worlds and they all looked great. And then they realised, oh, crap, these worlds now take far too long to traverse. And if we increase the speed uh, of the player, it won't feel right. It's going to take you literally half an hour to get from one end of this massive field to the other. Yeah, and that's not the point of Banjo-Kazooie. So um, rather than, say, redesigning the levels or giving points to the empty world they made, they decided to add cars. Um, And this was only a side thing, just to get around the overworld. But Mm. then someone said, hey, these cars are more fun than the platforming. Why don't we focus on the cars? You know, I can I can almost see that happening organically. I, it's completely organic, but I think it was a stupid decision. Well, if, when you think about it, okay, so let's just think they've made these cars for an overworld, a massive overworld, and then they feel like this doesn't work in a, uh, a banjo kazooie setting. Maybe you go over a hill and you do a bit of a jump, and that's the most fun you have. So they think, well. Banjo-Kazooie is quite a, um, a a vertical game as well as horizontal. You know, your 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 movement is very very uh, vertical a lot of the time. So why not you know put some springs on so that maybe you can um, jump or maybe you get you know we can divide this area like we did in Banjo-Kazooie uh, with a ramp that you need to go up. Um, that you need special tyres to do. And that feels organic to me for them to uh, to create it in that way, you know, to, to, to essentially modify it until eventually they, they realise that they're just doing a lot of uh, vehicle-based stuff. Problem is, is that you end up losing vision of what you originally intended. Mm, no, absolutely. This can, I mean, especially as, it was obvious, you look at it, they created all the level assets before they did the cars. You can tell because the tracks are just modded into environments. They're not, like... Fun. Designed as tracks, <laughs> you know. They're not, they're not... They essentially don't fit the car's turning circles. No, they don't. <laughs> the, game, the game doesn't... It's a hodgepodge of crap that could have worked had they changed some little things here or some little things there, but no... They didn't, and thus you ended up with an empty overworld that allowed you to walk around it on foot, and mm. uh, cars that were boring, and ugh, I don't know, but, but, but nuts and bolts just makes me sad, and uh, it's just one of those things. I, see, I am not on the I hate nuts and bolts train. I, I don't I hate it. It was great. I don't think it was a banjo game in the way that a, a banjo game should be. However, I do. I, I, I felt like it gave me some really good experiences. Like that first level, you know, the one where all the weather and stuff and the sun and that sort of thing is all on a massive clockwork thing in the ceiling. Yeah. And the whole place is made out of patchwork. That's the thing. The environments were brilliant. Super cool. But then they slapped tracks onto them. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, work. actually, no, you're right. You know, because thinking about it, that uh, level where you're inside a, uh, a computer, that would be fantastic as a platformer. Yeah. Just amazing. I would have loved that. Oh, well, it'll never happen. Missed opportunity. Yep. They'll never go back to Banjo-Kazooie now. Nuts and Bolts didn't make enough money, and it got bad reviews, so no, they're never going to go back to it, because Microsoft are the dumb. Mm. Then again, Microsoft, as we've mentioned, I don't think I mentioned it on here, but they're the company that when they bought Rare, they thought they bought the license to Donkey Kong. 
It's not the cleverest things to, to, to think. No, it's not. Well, at least to bring him back Killer Instinct. Yeah, but it's not Rare making it. I know, it's technically... And it does look kind of poop. It's the company that brought you Battleship, the movie, the game. (laughs) 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 The generic three-hour-long FPS, which, to to avoid doing facial animation, gave all the characters masks. To be fair, they did also do Green Lantern, the movie, the game. Which was also terrible. Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Who else has games of the week they wish to... About. No, I just play Roller Coaster Tycoon a lot. It's just been something I do all the time now. Did you kill people? Yes. Did you come up with the solution where you, um, to make your approval rating better than the park next door, you make your roller coaster fly off into the park next door? <laughs> <laughs> because then they die inside of their park and their, their approval rating goes down, but yours doesn't. That is incredible. It's genius. I never I... even thought of that. I, I was never a Roller Coaster Tycoon guy. I, I played Legoland, which was a watered-down version of it. <laughs> I played Theme Park World. That was my uh, that, that was my Roller Coaster Tycoon, Theme Park World. Um, it just had a better, you know, it's like Theme Hospital. Had a better um, a flavour to it. it. Had better, uh, com- you know, it had a better sense of humour. I love Theme Hospital. That had a brilliantly yeah. dark sense of humour about it. Well, Theme Park World has essentially attractions where it's a fountain that is a head on a pike which rotates 360 degrees and baths on everyone. <laughs> you know, it, it has these various things that are actually quite funny and just really interesting. And I actually liked that that uh, game very much. It had its problems, sure. Um, in that, I don't know... It, it was pretty limited in terms of how big you can grow. You could grow your um, uh, park, and also, quite importantly, I suppose, the uh, roller coaster design tools didn't actually work. <laughs> <laughs> but it had its it had its lovely. It had some lovely stuff. Yeah. I just love the atmosphere. I mean, mate, going through the career mode of. Roller Coaster Tycoon is so, it's just so cathartic. Just having every now and then someone go, you're a brilliant tycoon. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> ah, this is just the encouragement I need. <laughs> now get out there, tycoon. Do something with your day. No, I've just made a thing park. It has a water slide on it. I, I've, I've done all of I need to do today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very easily impressed with myself. <laughs> But, yeah. Anyone else with the with the games? Uh, I've played some things since I've been off for like five weeks. I've been um. All right, what what? Uh, move going on the PSP. Let me see what I've been playing. Right, um, uh, the last few days I've been playing uh, Stealth Think, a clone in the dark, which used to be called Stealth Bastard, but they had to change it for the PSM release. Um, it's really good. It's stupidly difficult. But I'm so glad I'm playing it on the Vita because the touchscreen controls on the Android version would kill me. This requires seriously precise platforming. Playing this on Android would be horrible. And I bought a Moga. It would still be horrible with a Moga. That's just no. Um, I got Total Recoil, 
which is actually really quite awful. Don't get that. Uh, I played Limbo for the first time. I finished that. That was a good game until the end. I didn't like the ending. That made me feel sad. Um, that was a good ending. I just felt sad. Um, Rocket Birds, Hardboard Chicken, which is, again, the Vita version. That's excellent. If any of you haven't played that, play it. It's genius. Apart from one final bit at the end where there's an arena battle that's just terrible, um, the rest of the game it's so clever and it, it feels like what would happen if you took Oddworld Abe's Odyssey and made it combat oriented. What's this again? Uh, Rocket Birds Hardboiled Chicken. There's a free version of it. Uh, it was originally just called Rocket Birds uh, Revolution, I think. Um, you know when Jim was talking last week on Podtoid about kooky titles? Yeah. That... Uh, Rocket Birds backs it up. Rocket Birds is set in what is essentially penguin Stalinist Russia. <laughs> That's pretty interesting, actually. Yeah. <laughs> set that. during World War Two, and you are a chicken who has a monotone voice. I mean, completely more monotone than Duke Nukem. There's like nothing awesome about his voice, but he says these one-liners that are just terrible. Like, well, time for some jetpacking. Um, <laughs> Sounds a bit like Serious Sam. It's a lot like Serious Sam, actually, just the character, but uh, the animation is, is like the best sort of behemoth-style Flash animation. Uh, it's very, very Tom Fop in the way it's drawn. Uh, the environments are 3D, which means that when you tilt the Vita, the perspective moves slightly, yeah, you get a 3D effect without it being 3D. It's genius. Such a clever idea of doing it. Yeah, it does that on almost couple... every level. I've seen a couple of games that do that. It's always brilliant, but and I'm always amazed no one else does it. Yeah, I know. The game I'm thinking of is Happy Street, where they have something similar. I mean, so many clever ideas, they just don't use them. Yeah, yeah, go on. Uh, Then I've been playing some Velocity Ultra, which is exactly the same as Velocity, so there's not much more to say there. It's just a really good uh, HD version of a PS Mini. Although the PS Mini is technically better, because you can play it on the PS3 as well, but whatever. Um, And then I finished Hotline Miami, which was hard. It's a tough game. Tough. Um, I've realised that my entire sort of play was indie titles until I get to the other two, which is Jumping Flash, which I got on the sale, uh, which is excellent, and I plan to remake for the PS Mobile thing. We've already got the engine going early stages, so I want to... Basically, I want to do the third Jumping Flash game, and then we're going to do a proof of concept, send that to Sony, because we're doing it on PS Mobile. They might give us the licence to do it since it's going on their thing anyway. Mm-hmm. This is our. Have to change names for it. Well, not if they give us the license, because Sony own the license. Okay. So if we pitch it to them as, "Hey, this could be the third Jumping Flash game. It would be on the Vita. It would be a PS Mobile exclusive. You know, we would do it. That's fine." Um, and then the other game I played for the first time was Metal Gear Solid. Um, cause I'd really? Never I'd, I'd never played that. Um, yeah, that's good. However, Hideo Kojima, I hate you forever for having a bloody torture scene, right? <laughs> now, I'm playing this on the PSP, so it's a smaller button anyway, a little bit harder to push down, so fine. I did the torture scene, and then the woman down the codec wanted me to put the controller on my arm so she could massage it via the vibrator motors, which the PS Vita doesn't have. So I then had to do the bloody torture scene again for the second time without having had the vibration motors on my arm. My arm killed. And considering I failed two days in a row to do that scene, I didn't want to get the non-canon ending because I'm like that. So 
Technically, it's weird because technically they're both canon because in the yeah. in the scene where Mel dies, Colonel Campbell reveals that she is actually his daughter, and it's just so weird because they never mention it in the good ending. And, uh, okay, Jim, what you do? Yeah, doing? But, oh, I so, but I uh, the game is one of, if not the most technically impressive PS1 game I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, the fact they squeezed this down to <laughs> PS1. Utterly boggles my mind. And then again, I can't imagine it on a Nintendo 64. No, uh, the game wouldn't have worked on an N64. Uh, it just wouldn't have done. The N64 would. Uh, the N64 tends to do higher polys at lower draw distances. Yeah. The PS1 does further draw distances with lower polys. They did a very clever way of the engine basically used nothing but 90 degree angles on the walls. It used a couple of different times it used different things but mostly 90 degree angles which are only two polygons for each wall it's mm. genius it's it's com- it's some of the most well optimized uh, it's amazing <laughs> I, I can't say much i mean it, it, you know i used to think that the pinnacle of ps1 visuals was spyro 3 but no i'm pretty well, sure Mel- I mean, you, you'd make a good case yeah uh i think spyro 3 might trump it because yeah. it's full 3d and not top down Mm. Mm. But it's damn impressive. Phil Fish is, tre- is trending on Twitter, obviously. <laughs> Again, of his, um, uh, what a transition! Business. What has he said now? No, he's left, hasn't he? Yeah, he uh, took his. He's still trending on Twitter. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I've already. Oh, I've been. I was so angry yesterday about the whole thing on Facebook and everything. Oh God. Listen, uh, I mean, I don't mind the guy. I only played Fez very briefly. It seems nice-ish. Um, like a game I would like to play at some point. I think I, I think I've bought it. I think I've got it. Um, let's see, shall we check my... Uh... Yeah, I've got it. I've got it. Uh, just haven't installed it. But um, I have played it briefly. Enjoyed it. It was good. But Phil Fish is a man who gets far more... Um, attention, attention. Then maybe yeah. his his output warrants. You know uh, what? As far as I'm concerned, the man's a dick, and only for one reason: he's decided to quit game development, which means the PS Vita version of fucking Bez will never come out. I was waiting for that version. Do you know what? This has happened with two developers now. This has happened with both Bez. It might end up happening with Oddworld because they're taking forever with it. Zone of the Enders. That's never coming out on the Vita now, because let's face it, it's been a year. I wanted that on the Vita, because I like Zone of the Enders very much, and I wanted to have that and a little thing I could hold in my hands. But no, that's not going to happen. I'm also never gonna, not going to have Fez. I don't like playing platforms on the TV. I don't know why I don't like doing that. I want them on a thing I hold in front of my face. So, yeah, I'm not playing Fez. <laughs> and, um, I'll, you know, sod him. I'm not, no. He's not getting like... <laughs> Um, no, and I don't know if, you, if you saw me on the, um... yeah, yeah, but yeah, if you saw me on the pod, Facebook, you would have seen a very angry me, pretty much shouting my entire way through, compare saying, I got so angry about the whole thing, basically saying, this is, if the video game culture doesn't want creative minds that may not be great at expressing themselves when put on the spot they may not be the most rational people but if we don't want creative minds well you got what you wanted hope you have 
if you want to yep. bully a guy into submission until he breaks and then say that he's to fault for it all, then fine. Get the industry that you deserve. Mm, I, I think you that. Expect, don't expect the industry to keep... Don't expect people to take you seriously, though, because you chase out of town anyone who seems unsafe, who isn't just... Exactly. I mean, the problem I have is that Marcus Beer has just no... Like, he doesn't he had no anything of value. He runs well, a show the, on game trailers. Mm. I mean, he has nothing of value. Whereas, well, it doesn't, but it doesn't really is, matter, does it? You know, in, at the end of the day, he had his opinions and, and Phil yeah, had no, his. No, that's the thing. That's the thing, though, is that Mark Spear seems to think, and he's been talking to Phil, and he's, he's obvious that it's seriously upset him. He seems to think that he's above apologising. No, yeah. it's not. He doesn't have to apologise for his opinions being the way. Perhaps he should apologise for the fact that he was a miserable twat in his video. Um, perhaps game trailers should do something about it because they've caused a serious problem in the fact that someone who, let's be honest, I'm not going to get into the video games or art thing, but he was creating art. I mean, even if you just say that the texture work is art. Mm. I mean, the game's beautiful. Yeah. He was creating art in one way or another. No matter how you look at it, he was creating art. Um, Marcus Beer was creating shit little internet videos and managed to get basically a whole bunch of people to attack Phil Fish for doing nothing. And I think the thing is, yeah, I mean, one of the big things that I got really angry about was that when everyone just said, well, Phil Fish is just toughing up. No, that puts all of the blame on the victim. Every time I was bullied at school, they would always tell me, you should try toughening up. What that does is you're pretty much just telling all the people abusing them online. Sorry, saying, sorry. Which school did you go to? What school I'm, gave you that advice? I'm in Chat. I live in Kent. I live in Chatham. It oh, was the okay. first go-to bit of advice for anyone know. who isn't a big rugby player. But basically, they were just like, "Well, maybe you should toughen up." It places all. It placed all the blame on me. It told the bullies, "You can get away with anything you want as long as." He's weaker than you. Then we can just tell him it's his fault. That's what everyone's doing to Phil Fish. They're telling him he should learn to grow a spine or something. Yeah. He shouldn't have to put up with death threats. He shouldn't have to put up with torrents of abuse being thrown at him just because he had the fucking nerve to be a creative mind. Yeah. Mm. I I said the same thing about Anita Sarkeesian. I don't... I don't have any problem with... Anita Sarkeesian, her videos, I'm going to be honest, are utter shite. They're really, really, really poorly researched, and they don't make their points anywhere near well enough. Her points are valid, but the points she doesn't like put them across in any good way. So fine, whatever. However, but, well, I think she is death threat. However, she is not Magneto. Exactly. She's not going to destroy Big Ben. She's not going to destroy the Houses of Parliament. Stop treating her. She's like not she's going the worst to block thing. porn. She's not David Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> For me, like the, the Sarkeesian videos are um, the start of a conversation. Uh, when yeah. I when I watch them, they're the start of a conversation. Which you know, some people come out with refutements of various points. Some pe- some people come out with um, abuse. Uh, some people will come out with whatever you know and disagree. But they uh, not only do they they make you know some sound points are in are in there definitely. Yeah. Um, but also, but I think the, the fact is that 
the amount of abuse that you know causing her to turn off the comments and causing that that conversation to be shut down that's really detracted from what the series My could have God, become she doesn't want millions doesn't... of death threats and rape threats shouted at her through the beacon of conversation yeah. and debate the youtube comment section exactly. my god what a monster i know and and, and i can understand that but the problem the problem is that oh, that's abuse X, X, please has... X, X, mighty warrior xx tell me your thoughts on feminism <laughs> i hope you get raped lol my god i'm so much better off for that <laughs> thank you for thank your, you for thank you for your constructive comments you really aided in our discussion of feminism and that's why Next i week. laugh and that's why i laugh every time someone complains about um, anita turning off the youtube comments uh, saying you're stifling debate no, no I'm going to be honest. She is stifling debate, but she's doing it for a completely valid reason. Yeah, I can believe she's exactly. saying why she's doing it. She's stifling debate because she doesn't want to debate over Twitter because it's not a good medium and there's nowhere else you can do it with her because email isn't really public enough and she can just ignore an email. Well, she goes um, to lecture. She does lecture circuits which have normal people there. That's yeah. where she talks. Yeah, but again, her lecture circuit. She doesn't want to have. Have you seen her on TED Talks? Her TED Talks are rubbish. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, I didn't know she was on shot. TED Talks. I think it was TED Talks. She was on it once, um, and it was terrible. <laughs> she basically spent the entire thing going, I am a woman and thus must be respected. Lecture circuits are weird because they can turn into quite a bit of a, um, a what do they call it, a, an echo chamber. Because the people who want to disagree with her will probably are more likely to do it online than to do it in person and actually bring up a, a thing in a, any debate that she chooses to actually. Uh, attend with real people who might make valid points um and so you know just like twitter actually um my twitter i know is a massive echo chamber for uh, liberal left-wing feminists um so i get very few relative and um to relevant and and salient points that might come up against um, any any ideas that uh, feminists might be having or something like that. I guess the thing is that I've never been in a position where everyone is throwing death threats at me. I've mm. never been. I the people I follow are usually normal, good people, and I don't think I've ever been in a similar situation to Phil Fisher or Anita, where millions of people are telling me that they know where I live and that they are going to kill me and everyone in my family. So, I guess it all builds up to the point that Adam got pissed off yesterday, really pissed off. Um, well, I mean, that, that's the thing. And, and recently we've had this whole business about, um, uh, you know, a, a woman being put on a, uh, a banknote and someone being oh, yeah. given threats about that. Do you know what? I have this big problem. Why were they campaigning for a woman on the banknote when the Queen is on the banknote? <laughs> the most powerful woman probably on Earth is on every single piece of currency. Don't get One, up in arms no. just because her old maid isn't on there anymore. Uh, fair enough, Jane Austen is a completely valid person to have on it. Fine, but you should be on there of your own merits, not just because you're female. Shouldn't be token. I always saw it as they were campaigning for it because Jane Austen 
is well known, not just because she's a woman. Well, a lot of the campaigns were just saying we want a woman on there. Mm. They weren't specifically saying her. How often do we change them? It's not particularly often, is it? Uh, nay, the last time we changed it was about eight years ago, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I guess they can just cycle through, get more on in the end. Oh, exactly, and the fact they've changed. only just got Winston Churchill on, it's amazing. Mm. I mean, in eight years' time, eventually they are going to get to Danny Dyer, but <laughs> I just guess we're going to have to put up with just Jane Austen. <laughs> I, would t- I would love to see Danny Dyer on a banknote. I really would. <laughs> we agree to pay the bearer the something. <laughs> <laughs> you, knew, you knew more than he actually would. Well, he's reading it off a teleprompter, come on. <laughs> Even then, he, the fact that you're reading. <laughs> oh, come on, I'm pretty sure he had to read the script for Run for Your Wife at some point. I imagine that um, in eight years we will have, obviously, um, video-based uh, banknotes in <laughs> which you can you can press a button and it will actually say, I agree to pay the bearer. What a complete waste of money that would be. <laughs> just have Danny die screaming at me. I might as well just go down to... Now Blockbuster's gone now, isn't it? No, Blockbuster's still around. We've still got one. Really? Yep. Yeah, I thought Buy it. All the ones near me are gone. Buy it. You can sell it on eBay for a fucking bomb. <laughs> We've still got Blockbuster, and it's still active. Um, it, yeah, it's still open. It, it's open every day. There's people in it. Um, every time I go, every time I find a Blockbuster now, I just go in and pretend I'm in a ghost town filled with <laughs> twenty pound Wii games. <laughs> <laughs> I went in one about a year ago and they were selling a Game Boy Micro for £200. <laughs> I mean, it's just brilliant going to the free for 10 pre-owned section and you see all of the, wow, I can buy DVDs that I could buy new at. You go for the three for 10 section of games and it's all just football games from previous years. Yeah. And even then, you could go to a game and buy them for a quid. You can actually go to Poundland now and buy football games. <laughs> I remember uh, about five years ago, I went and uh, and bought a uh, well, I went to Blockbuster and bought in the bargain bin for I think it was fifty p uh, something called Soccer Madness. And if you look that up, um, I don't know what you're what you're going to find, but it was the best game I have ever played. Um, I'm not one for uh, uh, kind of football games in general, um, but uh, I, I, in fact, I never play them. Ever play them? Uh, I was in a student house for the last three years. My housemates all like playing football games, and I never played it. I never played one once. However, um, Soccer Madness had the fantastic idea of putting pickups into an otherwise fairly uh, standard football game. So you would pick up a um, a something that was on, I don't know, the halfway line, and all your players would become 30 foot tall. <laughs> that's genius. <laughs> Just, that's actually genius. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, and so it's basically Mario Strikers Charge Football. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, which was, again, a great game. Oh, yeah, uh, one thing about Blockbusters that I will give it, it did give me probably the best bargain I'll ever get. A WaveBird GameCube controller for £5. Oh, excellent. Blockbuster, they came through with me there. 
but everything else was forty pounds for an old Wii game. But so you know, can't win everything. <laughs> but what are we up to now? I don't know. What are we up to? Yeah. We talked about top porn. Are we Jay? Hmm. What games have you been playing? I finished Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions, but I'm going to start Borderlands 2 at some point, but I've not been playing that much this past week, to be honest. No? No. Hmm. I've been mostly doing other pursuits, like the tabletop gaming and the fun. Ooh, what stuff. tabletop do you play? Hero Blacks, that's it. Hmm. I've yeah. been um, playing a couple of tabletop games. You see, I, th- I, it might sound like I've been playing a lot of games this week, but that's mainly because I haven't been playing them this week. I haven't been on this show for about two weeks, two or three weeks, so I've had quite a lot of time to rack them up. Um, that's I've been... the thing. I've been playing Roller Coaster Typhoon for two weeks. <laughs> nice. I can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> and why should you? Why should you? It's the best thing ever. <laughs> Uh, but I've been playing um, Mansions of Madness, which is an offshoot of the Arkham Horror uh, tabletop game thing. And it's a mini- miniatures-based game in which... Uh, Jay, mute your mic for typees. My curse. <laughs> um, I'm not even editing that out. Uh, it's, yeah, it's a miniatures-based game with a modular uh, board... And essentially the idea is one pl- person plays as the... It's all set in kind of mansions and so, such like that. And uh, one person plays as the, per- the kind of... Um, oh, I, I should mention it's based on the works of Lovecraft. You know, it's all Cthulhu. Ah. Uh, uh, do, they, do they stat everything? What do, do they you mean? Do they give everything, like all of the really demonic monsters that are meant to kill you instantly, do they give them statistics like health and stuff? Yes. Uh, Red, that's a terrible idea. They should never. If 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 you stat it, someone will try and kill it. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the point. Um, for you instance, can't kill Cthulhu. No, you know, of course, no. They don't. They don't bring Cthulhu into it. The idea is that it's no. a mansion that has people trying to like in uh, a little bit like in Lovecraft, where it's not always. You're not always dealing with just. Oh look, there is Cthulhu. He is here to do bad things. It's more like, oh, these this cult are trying to bring Shoggoth into uh, Shoggoth into the world, and Shoggoths are a thing that is possible to kill. It's a monster, but you know, you and it'll probably yeah. kill you all, and terrible things will happen, and people sacrifice people to it. But you know, it's a thing. It'd be the sense. boss at the end of a of a of a video game kind of thing. Yeah, but no, um, makes sense. Makes sense. It's also well paced because it has this. Um, Magic Madness has this this idea that every turn you um, so every round you put a counter onto this time thing and and after a certain amount of rounds you flip a J Mike after the best host ever <laughs> after a certain amount of rounds you um, turn it over and then you have this um, something happens. Well, it's also well paced that you are expecting your uh, the people who are you're against, that's you know the investigator type people, to be in a certain room at a certain time. And once you you end up once those certain amount of rounds are o- open, then things will happen to those people. Then so it's almost like a horror film or 
uh, horror game where things are designed to happen within a certain time period. It's all very. I've never I've never known a tabletop game to be spooky before, but it's it's quite good. Oh, fair enough. Uh, Jesse, we should probably do your do yeah, your sure. games. Yeah. Um, mainly this week, uh, Fallout New Vegas and Half Minute Hero. Ah, too neat, neat, neat. Um, I love never, Half Minute Hero. Never played Half Minute Hero before this week. Picked it up. It's really, really bloody good. <laughs> Addictive. It's probably, it's probably the ultimate form of compressed JRPG ever. <laughs> it's just. It feels like playing. It feels like playing Final Fantasy on crack most yeah. of the time. <laughs> it just. I'm sorry. I'm, I don't want to gush too much. What do you think? Um, I'm enjoying it a lot. Uh, there, I'd say my only gripe with it is it insists on showing you the credits after every level. It's got irritating <laughs> fast, but everything else about <laughs> it is wonderful. Uh, yeah. Although I must admit, saving both the burning. Um, forest and uh, killing the fire demon one of the early levels that was a fucking nightmare <clears throat> that took far too long I just love how it all came together at the end because I mean you go through the hero story you go through the dark lord story you go through the princess mm-hmm. story and it all culminates into this ginormous thing at the end well that's good to know I've only been playing the heroes at the moment uh, I've had a look at the menu option and saw the others and thought ah, I'll give them a go soon they're a bit different. Um, can't remember exactly how they play, but it's really good, and it all there's a lot of momentum going up to this giant epic ending. <laughs> Hopefully that'll be cool. Oh bloody hell, what's this? Um, yeah, no, as I say, uh, New Vegas. I've been trying to get into that again because I never enjoyed it the first time round. What? It was buggy. And... New Vegas wasn't good. Yeah. I'm telling you, man. New it Vegas wasn't was good. great. Blasphemers, every last one of you. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. Breathe. New Vegas was essentially, I don't know, Fallout 3 doing what Fallout 3 shouldn't try and do, which is social interaction. Yeah. It's like, this game is terrible at people. I'll tell you what we should do. Let's make a let's make a city and populate it with people and <laughs> just have everything bug out and go yeah, wrong. I completely agree. Yeah. I absolutely hate the map in New Vegas. It's terrible. But some of the stuff in it, because it was all done by Obsidian, um, some of the stuff in it is great. Obviously, there used to be Black Isle who made the other Fallout, um, mm-hmm. made Fallout Two. So like, um, characters from Fallout Two are in it. Yeah, just yes. there. They're just there, mm-hmm. and you can find them. And there's like. There's a city of super mutants, and, and there's a nudist colony in a cave full of bees, and there's... I love that one. <laughs> there's, oh, it's so genius. Some of it is so good, but yet they decided to build it all around the central bloody city and have an ending that doesn't allow you to continue after you've finished. Uh-huh. <sighs> I'm sorry, I'm just looking at Jim Sterling's update. Apparently he he keeps getting PR emails from Konami asking yeah, if so... he's going to beat the next event. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh. uh. <laughs> As well, he says, I... he has to remind them that they blacklisted him. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, something just came out of the woodwork. Uh, there's a book about LucasArts coming out. Um, and at the back of the book is a bunch of logos for unannounced and cancelled Star Wars titles. Yeah, I saw this. Some of these... S- sound really awesome. Uh, some of these excite me greatly, and I wish they resurrect them one day. 
Jedi Knight 3, which we technically already got. Um, Jedi Knight 3 was uh, Jedi, Jedi Academy. Academy. Uh, however, Jedi Outlaw has the same logo as Jedi Knight 3. Which could have made that Jedi Knight 4. Now, if they had just made that instead of the Force Bloody Unleashed, I would have been very happy. If they made Star Wars Han Solo, I'd have been bloody happy. Well, exactly. I mean, uh, there's Jedi Hunter. That sounds awesome. Admittedly, Jedi Rebel. I think Jedi my favourite title is... Go on. I mean, I'll go through all of them, just so that we can all react to them. Just imagine what kind of game it would be. Star Wars Rogue Jedi. Right. Star Wars Scum and Villainy. That sounds genius. I, I love, love the idea one. of this. I love that. Do you know what I'd want that to be? I'd want that to be something like The Sims set in yes. Mos Esper. <laughs> the Sims. <laughs> something like The Sims set in Mos Esper, or something like that. I, I think it should just be Sim City, but with yes, Tatooine. Sim City, or sort of more like um. More like the tower or something, you know, uh, Sim Tower or something like that. You know, social engineering, that sort of thing. That set in Mos Esper. But yeah, that would be. Ah, oh, someone make that. Someone other make games that. include Star Wars Jedi Master, yeah. Star Wars Rebel Jedi, <laughs> and Star Wars Jedi Rebel. Jedi Rebel. <laughs> Star Wars Episode Seven: Shadows of the Sith. Yeah. I'm just going through the ones that pop out to me. Um, Star Wars Smuggler. There's Sith, Star Sith Wars the Underworld, which uh, is probably what 1313 was originally called, because that's set in the underworld of uh, of um, Coruscant, isn't it? So, yeah. yeah. Did any of you guys play um, the Old Republic? Star Wars? Yeah, uh, yeah. not the MMO. Um, See, it's worth... Uh, it's free play now, obviously. It's worth going in there just to go through the starting experience for the... Uh, not Smuggler, the... Imperial agent um, as a class because I, in, in, I should I should explain um, in the Old Republic each class has its own story um, which is very very it's, it's really interesting really in depth and it's very very true to the uh, world uh, you know the, the kind of lore and the world of Star Wars um, and the Imperial agent story is possibly the most intriguing because it's you know it gives you a side of um star wars that you don't see much outside of uh fan fiction which is you know the ascent to kind of lordhood not like sith lordhood but like uh you know to become a a, a uh yeah mothhood grand moth talking yeah. yeah to become a grand moth uh admiral or whatever that's yeah, it's very, very idea. interesting. It's all, you know, backstabby and kind of t- uh, political, and it's very nice. Worth doing. Yeah, other titles included Star Wars Han Solo, Star Wars Darth Maul, <laughs> and Star Wars Vader. Star Wars, uh, Star Wars, there's no Star Wars point. Darth Maul, what the fuck? <laughs> you just get cut in half and fall down a shaft. That's the thing. Do you know I'd what I mean? He's Fruit Ninja. He's Fruit Ninja. Play, I'd love to play as a Jedi, uh, a Sith Knight. With no legs. I imagine him on a wheelchair throughout the whole fucking game. It would be brilliant. Do you know, did you ever see the box art for Star Wars Super Bombad Racing? And these were like little hover UFOs, but Darth Maul looked like he'd been cut in half. <laughs> and was just sort of in the <laughs> UFO. 
Uh, they all had bobbleheads. Oh Some of the titles are quite cool. Though, like uh, Star Wars Rebel Scum. I love the idea of that name. Uh, Rebel Fury, probably the <laughs> same game. Um, Jedi Hunter. That would that is basically uh, Force Unleashed. In fact, it probably mm. is the same game. Yeah. Dark probably Jedi. Size, uh, that's probably the same game. Probably. I just want Jedi Knight 4, or 3, depending on how you number it, because technically Jedi Knight 3 didn't have a number at the end of it. It was just called Jedi Knight Jedi Academy. So, who knows? But I, I, I hope they come back to that series someday, and I hope they just they give it to Raven. Just give it to them again. Just give it to Raven. Raven are good developers. You know what everyone asks for back? Given the, if yeah. you're given the right material, yeah, sure. Give, yeah, sure. And everyone asks for um, back that probably wouldn't work anymore is Rogue Squadron. Just that could work. I don't yeah. think it would work anymore. Not on not on a kind of next gen. Uh, it wouldn't feel right. I don't. I just don't think it'd feel right. Did you try uh, two or three? Uh, I think so. I I remember two. That was one of the first games I ever got. That was amazing. I loved it. Even yeah. today, that game looks brilliant. Um, yeah. Coolest thing about Rogue Squadron 3 is that it came with the entire campaign for Rogue Squadron 2 playable in co-op. Huh. That's just kind of cool. That you is really cool. Co-op. You can only play it in co-op. I... I just thought, of all the ways to start a game, just start with the Death Star attack. Oh, That's yes. the best way to start any game ever. It's the demo as well. <laughs> The thing I love most about, um, and this is probably just core and shows how young I was when I first played it, but uh, the thing I love most about Rogue Squadron was the fact that you could turn your um, your various ships into cars. Was they they included even based upon early trailers of Episode One, they included a Naboo Starfighter in the PC version uh, that got unlocked by a patch. That's cool. Uh, and also, there's a cheat code where you can fly a Tie Interceptor. And the Millennium Falcon, which, by the way, makes the game criminally easy because there's an auto fire turret on it. Yeah, yeah. Well, nice. <laughs> and I just had so much fun doing the bits where you went off. That was my favourite level, always on Rogue Squadron Two. Game's great. They're all good. Um, uh, Space flight games need to make a return. Uh, do you know what Eve Online makes me sad? Because it looks like a space flight game, it sounds like a space flight game. It's advertised as one, but it isn't. It's, it's an auto spreadsheet pilot game. simulator. Yeah, it is a spreadsheet simulator. I mean, they have battles between four thousand six hundred player ships at once in the same sector, mm-hmm. and it's still just a spreadsheet simulator. So boring. So boring, but it's so beautiful. Mm. It looks like the best bits of, a, of the newest Star Trek films. It looks the best bits of, like, just utter, utter beauty. I mean, like, Freelancer is the pinnacle of space flight if you don't like X. Because I can understand not liking X because it's a bit in, bit too in-depth. Mm. Freelancer, the 2001 game by Chris Roberts, or whenever it was, might be 2003, it's kind of ugly, but the fact is it's basically an MMO because you go on one server and it has 200 people on it, and the universe is small enough and they travel around fast enough that you will meet people very often. Ah, that's cool. You can, now, you can have, like, player-built space stations and stuff. It's basically Star Citizen. <laughs> um... Which is why, if Star Citizen isn't like Freelancer, like down to the controls, like completely exactly the same as Freelancer, I will not be pleased. <laughs> I mean, I had my 
love of spaceflight games uh, triggered by Warp Speed on the SNES back in the day. Just a fantastic game. It was, it was really was amazing. It was, I mean, it was a SNES game, and yeah. so pretty limited. Um, and yet the progression system and the way it gave you know, so it gave you this idea that you know you had a sector of space, oh, sorry, a quadrant of space, and you could go through a black hole and you could come out the other side and you'd be in another quadrant of space, and um, in various parts of these you'd find. Uh, rebels that you had to take down and that sort of thing i mean every time you got to a various bit of space it would essentially just be a box a, a, an infinite box which was well, this wing commander uh no uh warp speed no it's exactly the same as wing commander yeah you also pilot between the waypoints because it loads the next map yeah um yeah. not not quite in that just um these are infinite space boxes yeah that you that just loop and your your relative position to a um, uh, an enemy ship is essentially just made up. So, <laughs> so you don't discover anywhere. There is nothing in these places in space other than the enemy ships. But um, it it gave that sense of scope back in the day that I just I've loved ever since. You get a sense of scope because you do go between different sectors and they've got different backgrounds in Wing Commander mm-hmm. um, that you feel like you're going places when you're not. It's the same empty quadrant of space occasionally with asteroids or a space station in it, but it's the yeah. same. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the FMVs, I mean, we need FMVs back. I call a campaign, we need FMVs back in video games, proper ones, live action. <laughs> Bring back Mark Hamill, let's do it properly. <laughs> David Cage should direct them all. I mean, that's obviously what he wants to do. Do you know, I mean, the fact is, Wing Commander, you can, there are cuts of the Wing Commander games into movies. And they don't feel out of place. Because the acting, I mean, you've got John Reese davies you've got Mark Hamill, you've got, like, bloody Biff from Back to the Future. It's just, I don't remember his name, nor remember his name, but, you know, it's... All they remember is that he doesn't like manure. So, yeah. I was, um... I was talking to a family member recently, and yep. they were saying um, they they said, "Oh, you like game? You like video games? You, you know?" Oh, sorry, I should say, "You like the video games, then, do you?" All right. You um, like the video games, <laughs> the boy. Um, and how many Mario's have you got on you? <laughs> how many Mario's have you collected then? Um, have you played like Mario Two yet? I don't understand. Uh, I think it was just quite. I, I don't understand why they keep just making graphics better. Why can't they just make it real? And I didn't know how quite to respond to that. Um, because hollow decks don't exist. Because night trap was shit. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, there are some excellent FMV games. Have <laughs> played. Liar. No, there are files. No, the best FMV game uh, is... What, Sewer Shark? Was it called... No, it was... Oh, it was on PC. It was called... Um... I had Christopher Walken in it. Uh, Ripper. Oh, fucking yeah. I was going to mention that one. This guy is unfucking believable Just... Christopher Walken's excellent in it. <laughs> there are some excellent FMV games, but the better FMV games tend to be games with FMVs and not just FMV games. Uh-huh. I... I don't know. 
<laughs> I can't. I just can't see it. It just doesn't work for me. That, that disparity doesn't doesn't make me feel good. Wing Commander is a game that has FMVs in it. Wing Commander three, four, and five all have like FMVs that are better than the Wing Commander movie because the Wing Commander movie is terrible, despite the fact that it was made by the same people. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they came in the movie, they had all sorts of stupid errors, like, they spelt the names of the characters wrong, and at one point, for some reason, they fly off the end of the runway on the on the tiger's claw, bear in mind it's in deep space, and yeah. the ships drop off the end. There was... Huh. Oh, this is what I was looking for. There's actually one FMV game that stars, called Dark Star, the interactive movie, that's only really noticeable because it stars several people from Mystery Science Theatre, in serious oh, dramatic gosh. roles, yeah, it's got uh, Peter, it's got Peter Graves as the narrator, and it's got the voice of Crowley Robot as one of the main characters. It, excellent. I've, I've never played it, but that's always been interesting. Mm. I just, I, the, my honest experience of FMVs has always been that it doesn't make me feel like I'm actually it. It, it makes me feel like I'm in a DVD menu. I think is the best way to explain it. Uh, it just it, makes me feel like I'm waiting for the next part of the film this to start. Is, this is why you need to play Wing Commander because it is a game. It's a space flight game. It's a serious space flight sim. But in between the missions, you have FMVs that f- it feels cinematic. It, feel, it, it fits, especially in Wing Commander Prophecy, because it, it all fits. There isn't a single part that doesn't mix, like the logic puzzles in Ripper. They don't quite mix with the FMVs. Everything blends perfectly in Wing Commander. The only exception being that in Wing Commander 3 and 4, the graphics are shite. Right. In Prophecy, they improved them, but, you know, you've got to expect that. But, I mean, Wing Commander 3 and 4 have Malcolm fucking McDowell in it. What? Yeah. Malcolm yeah, McDowell, but, Mark be... Hamill, John Reese davies and Biff. Just... Having, Mar- uh, oh, having Malcolm McDowell in your thing is not impressive. He's in everything. <laughs> He was in Tank Girl. <laughs> it's not a coup to have Malcolm McDowell in your thing. If you just promise him a free buffet, he will appear in your film. <laughs> I, want a, I want a video game, an FMV game, that has Willem Dafoe in it. Because I So own, you want Beyond Two Souls? Basically, but I want him to actually be in an FMV. But I still want him to be wearing the mocap suit. <laughs> So he's just going to be wearing this blue suit with ping pong balls on, going, Hey! Hey! Ellen Page's character! Hey! Hey! I hear he's got psychiatric problems. Hey! You come with me to fix them, ain't you? Take your dress off, Ellen Page's character. I can't do it with yeah. I was actually talking to my brother about how what I really want... I think yeah, they said on Potto what we just, what everyone wants is a sex scene between William Dafoe and Ellen Page in creepy David Cage vision. In the background, you got the Terminator theme, <laughs> and you just got William Dafoe very loudly grunting all the way through it. Ah, oh, I'm <laughs> actually excited. Oh, Ellen for... Page's character. <laughs> I'm actually excited for Beyond Two Souls. I can't uh... even I can't even tell you uh, why. I saw the developer diary, um, you know, where Willem Dafoe's talking about uh, how it's amazing it is. 
that we're just in a room. I mean, we're in all these amazing places, but we're just in a room. Uh, last game I was in was James Bond, Everything or Nothing. <laughs> and um, I played Nikolai Diablo. Who's the villain? It's the guy with the devil as the name. <laughs> and we had, um, and then it's the same video, of course, in which it pans across the development studio, and in the wall, on the wall in massive block capitals, is the word emotion. <laughs> actually, actually, on the wall in their studio is the word emotion. Of course it is. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I thought you would... You serious? I'm serious. Yes, yes I've seen this. Yes, Massive it's real. block capital letters in black on the wall as a kind of sculpture, I'm assuming, is the word emotion. Is David Cage oh an acting coach now? <laughs> <laughs> has he descended in... Has he just accepted that he will always be self-parody? Hey. <laughs> he would always be the best parody of himself. You know, I, I want to invoke emotion in my game, so Willem Dafoe, I hired best actor, but you need more emotion. Less, <laughs> less, less goblin face. I think David Cage is the pod toy. I think he must. <laughs> I think he saw the Jimquisition with the cardboard face. And then just oh, thought, God, so creepy. That miniature Willem Dafoe is incredible. But that would insinuate that he has that at the end of every day, before he leaves the building, he goes down to his very, very special Jim Sterling shrine, and he's like, oh, Jim Sterling, you give me emotions. I can't even describe <laughs> you, you give me... Uh, and then he, does a, and then he gives himself a cheeky so whack, and then he leaves. What do you think of Jim Sterling? He says, Jim Sterling is necessary for my artistic process because he invokes uh, different emotion uh, to other reviewers. People's, I don't like him. That's what it is. Uh, he evokes an emotion of hate towards no, no, no. him. That he obviously loves him. Oh, I'm, I'm imagining this shrine that David Cage has at, in the basement. No, 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 no. He still hates him, but he has the shrine because he produces emotions that no one else produces. But I imagine him having a cheeky wank every time he goes down to worship Jim Sterling. And he He's got a little uh, <laughs> Nexus 10 tablet set up, and... and um, it's just it's just on Jim's Destructoid stream, and every time he mentions David Cage, it flags up, and he comes down, and it's like all candles, and there's a shrine with uh, Jim Sterling, and it just in big red letters says hate across it, because that's the emotion that Jim makes him feel, and he has a shrine for different people, for different emotions, so his basement is full of different shrines that he decides periodically to change which one he wakes in. To be honest, I feel those sort of emotions of hate every time I think of the ending of Heavy Rain, which was stupid and horrible, and I hated it. Hey, guess what? Which, which guess one? what? The detective did it. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't make any <laughs> sense in the context of the plot. So for a murder mystery, you think you could randomise it a bit, considering it has so many different endings. You think, think that the outcome could be different each time, but no. But no. If we're going to turn into a Heavy Rain spoiler cast, then we might as well. Fuck. Did you know that um, there was... The big plot hole of the game was whoever the main character was, him blacking out, yeah. thus leading to his kid getting kidnapped. There's, that's a big plot hole. Do you know why they couldn't? That had to be there because there was originally going to be a huge pl reveal that the main character and a detective had a psychic link that was formed right I at the start heard of the game. About this, 
Um, yes, that yes. that was obviously supposed to happen. They were supposed to have a psychic link, and every time Shelby kills someone, the main character was supposed to collapse and go into his mind. But yeah. then someone told David Cage, you fucking idiot, that doesn't make any sense. You said you weren't going to do any stupid shit. We can't have this in the game. And then David Cage says... Yeah, he basically said, but, we but, can't but, make Fahrenheit again. But then David Cage says, but I based the entire kidnapping around this thing. I don't care. The plot hole is a much better case scenario than everyone laughing at us for even more stupid shit. We've got enough stupid you know shit in this is, game already. <laughs> I, do you know what I think it was? I think it was a last-minute decision, because what they, what they could have done is they could have added a scene when they were kids or something, explaining why this psychic link happened. And there could have been a reason. It could have had a reason. It would have been a flashback or whatever. But and it would have been... could have happened. No, it might have been able... I can't say David Cage would have done it well, but someone else could have done it well, right? Yeah. But it's David Cage. And they probably said, look, you've got no more money to pour into this project. You can't bring them back for mocap. You can't bring them back for voice acting. You can't do this scene that is crucial to the plot. So cut the thing that ruins it. Another thing was um, the bit where when it's revealed at Shelby and you go, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. The guy who was chasing the FBI agent or the FBI agent was chasing him, he was Finn. And then David Cage says, ah, but if he was fat, it would have been obvious it was Shelby. And I say, well, then it probably shouldn't have been Shelby because that's a really stupid plot hole. Or you could have just not designed the character to be fat. (laughs) No, but he needed it to be fat so that he looks like a cliched Hollywood detective. So that he looks like Jim Sterling. Well, then you should have had the FBI agent be fat as well. I think the, the detective is designed to look like Jim. Mm, subconsciously, uh, perhaps. Uh, subconsciously. Jim's defended him in places where no one else does. <clears throat> Jim touches emotions in his mind that no one else can. I mean, it's like it touches him in his special emotion hole. Um, emotion hole. Um, emotion hole. It's right next to the problem hole, which you fill with problem balls. Uh, <laughs> wow. Now, now I'm referencing really old podcasts. That's that's. Richard <laughs> <laughs> show. Yeah. It's, um. Hmm. Um. What I was gonna say. Has anyone played uh, Last of Us? No. no I don't. To buy yep. it for full price. Okay. Well, when you do. Um. So the ending to that game, I'm not going to spoil it at all, I promise. It made me angry for so many reasons, Um, both at the characters in the game, just many of them, and also the people who made the game, and myself also. So I... Honestly, what, okay, so here's, here's the thing. Jim said it, the, that the thing that Last of Us does well is subtlety, and I couldn't agree more after playing that game. Um, it it makes me feel like I should know how to feel better. <laughs> like, it, it, it almost makes me long for a Disney ending, um, in terms of, like, no, just, <laughs> in, in terms of just, like, knowing how you're supposed to feel. Um, oh, that thing is bad, or oh, that thing is good. It makes me long for one of those, because I ju- I'm just so angry at myself that I don't know how to feel about it. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. It's the first time that's happened to me in a game, at least. Video games are good, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> I love them. 
I do like them. So that's just my go-to how to break the weird... So pancakes. Thing. Oh, pancakes are very good. Mm. I'm a waffles man, though, so... Ooh. Lemon and sugar. <sighs> pancakes. God, I'm now referencing old pod toy. This is awful. I've... <laughs> oh. I need to stop making. Do you know what? Now I'm going to start making references to they might be giant songs, and then after that, it will be something even more obscure. <laughs> um, do you know what? Actually, speaking of references, I'm going to move on to Google for a bit, just because. Uh, Chromecast. Not coming out here because Google is stupid. Um, but the model number on the Chromecast is H2G2 42. That makes me very happy. Um, H2G2 being Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, 42 being the answer to the question of life of the universe. Mm-hmm. So, yes, that made me very happy. Stupid little geeky thing. Someone on iFixit noted, but uh, I just think that's clever. Google <laughs> are dorks. Um, yes, they are. Dorks at heart. Uh, mm. Also, don't understand how to do a fucking worldwide release of a product, dickheads. Um, <laughs> can we just mention that for a second? I wanted the new Nexus 7. When's it coming out over here? Fuck if I know. Oh, be lovely so if they I told think, me. I think it was the same with Amazon, wasn't it? That's why I like Apple. They yeah, the be... Amazon Kindle took a whole year to come out here. The, the Kindle Fire. <laughs> I don't understand why these huge companies can't do worldwide releases. I mean, it's not like it's not like it's that difficult. We're not that remote. We're not Australia. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> And yet it took like a year for Rock Band to come out over here. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah I remember. I remember. Yeah, yeah, I remember when Smash Brothers came out. Smash Brothers oh, took eight months. That was the eight first months. time I heard of Sterling. That was the first yeah. time I heard of Jim Sterling. That big campaign he did. Yeah, me too, actually. Uh, first time. I mean, the way I came across Destructoid the first time was. Um, I used to listen to the Sarcastic Gamer podcast, and then they mentioned, uh, for their Extra Life thing, uh, Sing Sterling, which is where Jim and uh, Wardrox off of uh, Podcastle were going to do uh, 24 solid hours of Sing Star. I remember the Sarcastic Gamer podcast. They still do it, um, but it's only Lono and Doc, because they had a falling out with Dave, and he now works for Big Red Barrel, and... And it's all a bunch of crap. But there we go. Uh-huh. It, it's all video games. It's all video games. It's all stupid Seriously. drama. Um, I mean, I, I feel sorry for Lono, because he was close friends with Knuckles, Knuckles Dawson, who um, uh, died recently. Um, Knuckles Dawson, who was one of the, the founding members of Achievement Hunter, and once boasted, he, in fact, I think he has the world record uh, score, game score. Um Really, but he 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 uh, left his keys and his phone's wallet in his house. Uh, he left his uh, he he deleted all of his social network accounts. He deleted his um, uh, Xbox Live account, which considering that he got a world record for that, I mean he puts in so much time into yeah. that. He had some kind of breakdown and he cycled off. They found his bike a week later, and they found him two weeks later. Uh, unfortunately, he was no longer in the realm of the living. So. It's a shame. It's a shame. He seemed like a nice guy, and he was on uh, Respawn Radio with uh, Lana at one point. He was a nice guy. I know this is a couple of weeks since this happened now, but I thought I'd mention it just because, you know, um, I, re- I really did. He seemed like a nice guy, and I'd be mm-hmm. sorry for everyone. Everyone who knew him properly and all that. It feels 
interesting to me that um, we as a what is traditionally a quite a, a fringe interest um, of hyper fans of a certain thing we're starting to see um, real things like the realities that other mediums might face when uh, confronted with people falling out and that actually having repercussions in business or um, you know people actually dying and that having repercussions like ripple effects throughout entire society you know, an entire society or an entire community um, having you know something in people's real lives um, both stuff in gaming affecting people's real lives or um, stuff in people's real lives affecting gaming it just se- seems strange to me that, that that's eventually happening now mm. uh, the reason I kind of bring that up is because there's, there's a bring back Phil Fish dot com oh is now, that really? yep um, Phil Fish we want you back show your support for Phil Fish the award willing to uh, winning developer of the hugely popular game Fez, add your name to his supporters list. Maybe we should, can encourage him to continue developing video games. I think I'm going to take a stab in the dark here and saying that it's all a publicity stunt or a way of avoiding uh, any more people looking at him while he develops Fez 2. Because I don't yeah. think, considering he, the man spent what four years on Fez, he is not going to. He doesn't abandon projects like that. Mm-hmm. He's only just he, started this far. Well. As far as we know, Fez has been out for years now, so... Well, not it's really. Probably... It's, it, it's pretty recent. It's, it has only just recently come out on PC. Oh, yeah, but... I don't know why he seems to think a PC port should take forever. If you write your game properly, you should be able to port it pretty easily, but that's beside the point. Some people just don't, do they? Do they? You know, they... They take certain uh, paths when, when making it that make it easy for them to getting out the door in the first place rather than uh, you know yeah, yeah but there we go um, yeah Phil Fish is no longer a thing oh yeah other, other video game news I wanted to talk about was Lightning have you seen about that oh. how in particular uh, the boobs exactly the one thing that she the one thing that I kind of liked about her I won't say that she's my favourite character ever she's one of my least but she was never overly sexualized. She was never, like, exaggerated in any way outside of the hair and maybe clothes. Mm-hmm. In, in Lightning Returns, she gets a boob job and is put into several horrible poses that look like they're from Hawkeye Initiative. Nice. And she gets a load of skimpy outfits. So the one thing she had, the one thing that you could say was a good thing about Lightning as a character... They got rid of. Mm. And if you read the interview where they talk about it, the director seems like the creepiest fucker on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about jiggle physics. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I was never going to buy Lightning Returns, but now I would rather no one buy it. Yeah. Oh. It's just... It is really disappointing to see. I mean, I've all... I was speechless when I saw it. I wasn't. Sounds about right. No, right's the wrong word. Um, 
to be expected, I think is more the word that yeah. I should have used. <clears throat> I'm just reading, I, I know it's sacrilege, but I'm reading something in Kotaku. Um, apparently in this same Q&A, it was revealed that Toriyama told, told the team to defeat Skyrim. Uh, good luck with that. That's a good yeah. plan. Uh, with, uh, with a game that isn't anything like Skyrim at all. Um, Can you imagine if the developer of FTL came out and said, hey guys, I'm releasing FTL 2, I'm going to target the audience of Call of Duty. <laughs> it's just the <laughs> stupidest thing. It's, yeah, it's sort of like Dark Souls 2 when they said, well we don't, well we hope that the same people who play Skyrim will look at this and think this is exactly the same thing. At but... least, at least Dark Siders looks similar. Uh, I, I in some regard, you could probably market it in a way... You didn't have to change the gameplay, but you could market it in a way that made it look like Skyrim. Because all you need is the sale. However, changing the gameplay? Uh, no. Do you know what? Uh, Jim, uh, a couple of weeks ago in his Jim Christian, we said about... Uh, the He mentioned about how people, namely me, brought up the Valve playtests very heavily, and that's basically the same thing. And he said it's not. Well, it is. Um, Portal 2, as I mentioned before, was so much better originally. Mm. Um, Left 4 Dead 2. Originally Left 4 Dead 2, the levels would be randomised. Not completely, but various doorways and various uh, entrances would be completely randomised, so the levels could be changed around at a whim, meaning that the AI director, if if you did well on the last one, would make the next map harder, and if you did badly on the last one, would make the next one easier. It already does this with NPC and uh, mm. item placement, but it was going to do this with complete level layouts. And this was genius. This was a touted feature that they took out because playtesters didn't like it. Huh. That would have been really uh, very interesting, actually. It would have been great because it would have meant that you wouldn't have had to have relied upon other people making campaigns. Um, yeah. There's only so many times you can play... Uh, Dead Center with Vid Sermon over and over again, you know, it's only so many times. As much as I like playing Left 4 Dead 2, we did keep losing, and we did keep having to replay it. I would have liked the layout to be a bit different. I'm so bad at Left 4 Dead, um, Left 4 Dead 2, uh, specifically, is what I play. I'm so bad, indeed, that I tried to play it for the cards. (laughs) I thought, the cards, the cards are good. Why don't you just idle at the main menu? I probably should. But I, I was like, well, nah, that's kind of cheesing it. So I'll, I'll play it, you know. I, I want to I give it a go. So I got in game and I, I, I failed uh, pretty hard. Because if you don't know the, the maps off by heart, the, um, the gameplay gets pretty tough when you start walking into the wrong room and then suddenly there's, there's a, uh, I don't know, there's a smoke around the corner or whatever. Well, this is uh, the thing is that they still uh, randomise the doorways and stuff. But they don't randomise the actual level design. It's just different doors that happen to be open. Yeah, so you you can at least check them. Yeah, um, which is which makes it feel to me like you know, obviously the people who know the game very well are going to do it well. But the problem is that you're almost required to do that to get through the, uh, especially in versus mode, you're basically required to uh, um, know the maps before you uh, play versus, which um, not great for. LAN gaming, I'm going to be attending a LAN in the next couple of weeks, and um, we're going to be playing Left 4 Dead 2, so I'm going to have to go and play Left 4 Dead 2 just to learn the maps before I can just turn up to an event and play. You, you should um, grab yourself Ben Karp. 
for mm-hmm. Half-Life 1. Grab yourself a copy of Sven Co-op for Half-Life 1. Yeah. Um, it's it's Half-Life 1, but Co-op. Oh, nice. And it's great. Speaking of, uh, this is actually news uh, completely forgot about. And it happened this week, which means I'm not behind the curve with everyone. Um, Sven Co-op, which is a 12, possibly 13-year-old Half-Life mod. And it's been updated over the entire time. They're currently on version 4.8, I think. And that's the last version they're ever going to do. As a mod. Uh, Valve, basically, as a result of having dug up the source code and having worked with it to do the Steam Pipe version for Linux and stuff, they've now decided... We're going to give the Sven Co-op guys the source code to Half-Life. We're going to let them release it on Steam. Because it was a matter of, well, there's no point in them going through Greenlight, because the fact is, these guys have been dedicated (laughs) to keeping up the development of this mod, dealing with our updates, and continuously making it better, without the source code to the game, Mm. for 13 years. And one of the developers is still on it from the very beginning. (laughs) Pretty incredible. Uh, the yeah. only the only Half Life uh, mod I've ever played actually is Stanley Parable. That's uh, Half Life Two. Yes, that's uh, more just using the Source Engine than uh, than a Half Life mod specifically. Although there are some Half Life, there's a Half Life Two level in it. Um, mm. Spoilers in case anyone hasn't played Stanley Parable. Um, yeah. Um, uh, sorry, of course it's Half Life Two because that that ending. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, <coughs> honestly, I that that's a quite fantastic mod. Do you know what? It may as well be Half-Life 1, apart from the part where you're in Half-Life 2 level. Yeah. Um, the graphics are terrible. <laughs> they are. They're really, it's really bad. It's shite. Quite, I think probably what fooled me. Um, uh, which is why I'm looking forward to the Stanley Parable HD remix, as he's called it. Looks, uh, it. Well, from what I've seen, it looks fantastic. It's using the Portal 2 branch of the engine, so it's got dynamic lighting and stuff, which honestly is all you need to make the game look better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a good rundown of some Half-Life mods, some excellent Half-Life mods. Counter-Strike, if that still counts as a Half-Life mod, is fantastic. Uh, the original Counter-Strike is very good. Um, original mod. Out, um, the latest one. Is the latest one good? That's like good, um, but it's not a Half-Life mod, so... Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, then you've got uh, one called Absolute Redemption, which was made before Half-Life 2. And in fact, most of these mods were circulated... Uh, this was back in the day when game developers, when they released expansion discs, would put a load of mods on the disc as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came with Counter-Strike, in fact, because um, I've got the Half-Life Generations box set. And uh, on that disc, there's one called Absolute Redemption, which is what uh, a bunch of people thought Half-Life 2 could be like. And it's an alternate universe version of Half-Life 2, basically, mm-hmm. in which you wake up and you're actually working for the G-Man in an office. Um, they got people to do the voices... Uh, and it's just this really good level design, and you've got to get these artifacts to stop a portal in Zen opening. Um, and it's three extremely varied levels. One of them is set inside of a carnival. That's awesome. Um, so, some of it is is a little bit oddly designed. Some of it is genius design. Uh, like you get put into the teleporter to get teleported to the carnival, uh, and instead the guy, because he's rubbish at the machine, accidentally teleports you to Stonehenge. Um, huh. I mean, just, it's, just, oh, it's very clever. That's pretty cool, though. It's, it's uh, yeah. great. Um, Speaking of uh, portals and mods, how's yours coming along? Uh, I have been wrestling with 3DS Max all week. Um, I've been trying to get a play... Because there's a minor tweak I need made to a play model. I need... Um, 
basically the way portals work is it has to render the model twice, doesn't it? Because you have to render model uh, yeah. on one side of the portal and on the other side of the portal. Mm -hmm. uh, and for the player model, um, the bottoms of the feet are slightly too long for the bones, and I mean by less than a millimetre, which means that occasionally you can see the bottoms of the feet coming through the wall uh, on the other side of the portal. Right. I'm trying to edit that because I no longer have the files from the player model, the uh, raw files. Yeah. It won't decompile, I can't get it to recompile, and I can't modify it properly. So I'm <laughs> completely screwed in this regard, I'm going to have to remake it. I've contacted Warworm, who make the modeling tools, to see if I can get something. Uh, but, yeah, I, I need to finish writing the script. I, I'm actually going to get you guys to look over it when I've done some more of it, uh, to try and get some feedback, because the writing is not my strong point. Um, I'll have a look if you want, I mean... Yeah, at the moment, it's just the opening. Um, yeah, happy to do that. Just trying to get everything lined over, and then I need to rework the maps I already have to fit the new story structure. Um, I'm just, you know, uh, I've actually introduced, an, technically introduced another character to have a character so Conrad can play one. <laughs> um, because okay. I realised when I asked all three, I realised, hang on, there's only two talking characters. Bugger. And I thought, well, there's large swaths of the game where you are alone, so why not just make the character a talking protagonist? Mm. Uh, and that's what yeah. I've done. Um, it, means that, it means that the uh, Jonathan's character uh, now has some more personality because he replies to the player, ah. and they have banter, and, uh, you know, something that is missing from Half-Life games most of the time. There's no mm. banter. Yeah. Um, Mostly because there's no time for it, but, you know, most of the banter is, is sort of like about that beer I owe you, you know. Um, uh, uh, but, yeah, uh, Jim's character is only in it for five minutes. End boss. Not an end boss. He's at the end of the game. It, it sounds like heresy, but the game is intended to be a two-parter. Part one being set in Portal 1, part two being in the Portal 2 engine. Mainly because I'm sick to death of using the Portal 1 engine. So... Uh, Portal 2 uh, 1, which is uh, Volume 2, uh, is all Jim. I mean, nice. he's, the point of it is that he steals the show. Um, I've got some really good ideas going around in my head uh, that I'm writing in now so that they don't make no sense later on. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, at the beginning of the game, you crash into a, the, one of the Aperture Science entrances, which is a bunker, while trying to lead Combine away from a rebel base. Awesome. You crash into it because you are not paying attention, or rather, <coughs> um, Morgan, which is Jonathan's character, isn't paying attention because he's fiddling with the radio and his MP3 player uh, while he's meant to be spotting for striders and things trying to shoot at you. Um, he's trying to switch from a song to the mic, um, and then you end up crashing into the bunker. He then obviously takes the MP3 player because it's, you know, it's an Armageddon, they're rare, um, and... He carries it through him and he mentions it a few times. I think I might have him plug it into Aperture Science's mainframe at one point. Nice. Just to set it up. Just to play some music in one of the chambers, because I think that's kind of cool. But in the uh, sequel, you go into like an underwater testing facility, because I, I kind of like the way Rapture looks, and I want to do an Aperture Science sort of take on Rapture. Okay. Um, uh, and the facility was built... Um, I'm just spoiling the game, but, you know, it's probably changed by the time I make it. So um, the facility was built to call back the Borealis. 
because it was lost. And the only way to call it back is to produce a, a powerful enough teleport beam that's twice as powerful as the one holding the Borealis in whichever place it is. Mm-hmm. And so they built this huge underwater... Because the only way to cool it is to basically have it be under seawater. So they've built this huge facility, and as a side effect, it's also a testing facility. Um, and uh, the guy Jim plays... I'm just going to say, fuck, it's a personality call. Jim plays uh, a core at the moment who's called Hobson, because I like that name, um, who wants to have his own facility. He wants to call back the Borealis, because all the cores spoke about what it could be. No one knew what it was. Because uh, it, was, it was created before the cores were. And that part of the mainframe was stricken from the record, because it was such a shame, sort of uh, a shaming moment for Aperture. Because mm. um, they spent millions on it. Um, so he wants to know what it is and he finds a facility built to call it back and so you go there and you are taken there by him and he uh, basically says I want you to go here uh, if you don't do this I will flood the place with neurotoxin you die so go here and I need you to plug in this uh, testing mainframe chip because I can't control the test chambers without it basically um, you go there and uh, Morgan suggests well, is he going to know what you've plugged in? Uh, apparently not, because the system's quite old. Uh-huh. So you plug in his MP3 player, <laughs> uh, and basically he becomes influenced by the music, and the test chambers move around with remixes to various songs. It was originally all going to be Queen songs, but then I expanded that to just 80s, and now I'm just expanding that to whatever he had on his MP3 player. So there's lots of ELO which I know Jim will like, because I'm going to make him <laughs> sing it. If awesome. you're listening to this, uh, you're going to have to sing ELO songs. Uh, it's probably not He's that probably picture. not listening to it, to be honest. He's probably not. Um, if we he point to the him, hey, you can listen, to, you can, but if we just tell him, on this podcast, we promise to do ELO songs. You can do some karaoke. I reckon he'll listen. Right, exactly. Because <laughs> uh, he'll know we said it. That's just how it works. Yeah. Um, um, well, uh, this sounds... Sounds amazing because I have always wanted to know how um, the Borealis ties into the Half Life universe, ties into the Portal yeah. universe, and that sort of thing. So, um, this is the thing is that I'm going to avoid saying what's on it because until episode three comes out, or Half Life three, I don't know what's aboard the Borealis. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is. No one knows what it is apart from Valve and maybe Mark Laidlaw because he's the writer, so fine. No one knows what the Borealis is, so. It's that sort of thing. Uh, I, I'm going to try and explain around it. Uh, all sorts of things. I'm going to try and make it as canon as possible. I'm going to come up with a way so that the Combine uh, never report the Aperture Science Facility, so that there's no Combine there in Portal 2. I'm going to come up with... Uh, I've got ways of getting around all this. I just need to make it. And unfortunately, uh, it's taken me four years to make what I've got now. <laughs> um... Is that with major breaks, or is that just... Uh, uh, a major break last year, but that was it. Mm. Uh, I've completely restarted very, the game three times. Wow. Oh, it, sounds just... a bri- it sounds amazing. It does. sounds like a great really I wish you luck. It, it sounds absolutely brilliant. It will be great when it's done. I just... I, I hope it plays well, because my test chamber design tends to be a bit abstract. And, um... I mean, like... Do you know what? I'm not going to say the part I really want to say, because this is something I am saving. Keep from uh, cards, man. Yeah, keep from cards. You know, mm. 
it's in it's in the first game. It happens towards the end. Um, I've gotten a voice actor for it. He recorded the lines probably two years ago now. Um, <laughs> uh, wow. But you know what? They're still perfectly fine because they fit in perfectly. Uh, um, it's all fine. It's all gonna. That section of the game is about two thirds done. That it's got its completely own motifs of style and design, completely different to the rest of the game. I want to make it a varied plot, basically. Um, you know, I, I don't aim to be better than Blue Portals, but I aim to be different. Well, it's gonna. It's, I mean, to be varied, you got It's quite a lot more work. A lot more art assets. A lot you know more, what? Uh... I've done all the art assets now, though. I've done them all. Ah. I'm fed up with making art assets. <laughs> uh, I'm now just going to use as many stock cards because I mean, like, I've completely replaced almost every texture from Portal, if not modified them mm-hmm. in some way. Uh, not all of them, but most of them have got their own variants or modifications or tweaks or changes, and you know, I'm trying to design things that work. It's just kind of not working properly and yeah i don't know <laughs> it's just it's just i need time and people to help because making these maps these huge elaborate levels for this reasonably long game it's quite mm. difficult well yeah absolutely well as i said anything i can do to help which yeah, involves uh, i will be handing over all sound tasks to you from now on basically nice <laughs> um, nice yeah, I can do soundscapes, but mostly just because I modify the existing ones. Um, I'd love to learn how to do that, though. You'll have to teach me at some point. Uh, I wish I could, but since Valve changed to the Steam Pipe distribution system, it's broken my soundscape editor. <laughs> um, nice. I realise I've just taken over the podcast with with mods. Listen, this is my favourite part minutes. of this entire um, podcast uh, that we've ever done. Uh, well, because I, it, it makes it sound like more like Sup Homes. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Um, but yeah, I, I hope to get that off the ground. And I've got a couple of other things I want to make. I, I These things are things that will be made one day, regardless of how long it takes. Yeah. Uh, I'm, such I'm as kind of, a, I'm kind I want to a Rock Raiders. I want to do a new version of Lego Rock Raiders. Awesome. That's going to happen, regardless of how long it takes. It's going to happen. I want to do a freelancer... St- Actually, no. I want to do a freelancer-style game if Star Citizen isn't just freelancer. Because if Star Citizen's already done it, there's no point in me doing it. Because it will just be freelancer. <laughs> yeah, um, I, hear what, I hear what you say. I've got, I've got loads of ideas for things to do. I just wish that I could get them all done in 24 hours. Yeah. You know, and like I want, I want to do essentially the the third Jumping Flash game as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you said. Do. Of course you do. Because Jumping Flash is so simple. Ah. It would be so easy to make. Mm. Compared to Lego Rock Raiders, which is relatively complex, compared to this Portal mod, which is hugely complex, yeah. Jumping Flash is all solid colours, so you don't need you need solid all in the way of textures, mm. basic models. The designs are already done. I mean, Jumping Flash is basically made on the same engine as Lemmings 3D, so <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's um, it's not a uh, a huge issue, is it? I mean, did you ever play Lemmings 3D? Because that yes, was the worst game that's ever been made. So bad. <laughs> Truly awful. Uh, I'm just waiting for everyone else to uh, type Lemmings 3D into Google now. <laughs> well, I can't get to the PC. I'll, I'll have to look afterwards. I'll, I'll take your word on it. <laughs> it's so like bad. It. 
I like the once they did Lemmings, they remade earlier Lemmings games in the Lemmings 3D engine mm. and put them in like a cylinder. Was that Revolution or something like that? I can't remember. It's so weird. I've only ever played Lemmings on the PSP. That's a good enough version. Yeah, There's a version right. on PS Mobile at the moment. I just remember, like, the... I think it was the first Lemmings game because I played it on the... Uh, was it the, the Acorn? The Apple Acorn? The- the Acorn Electron or the Acorn? Uh, yeah. God, I can't remember. Um, Acorn Atom. Might have been yes. Might have been the Atom. <laughs> Basically, if you want insight on what being a developer is like, it's horrible if you don't know how to code. It's horrible if you don't have access to the source code. And it's horrible if you don't know how to do three D models. So there we go. <sighs> Fair enough. Fair I just enough. wish I can get off my ass and get going on stuff. I mean, I do a load of drawings, but I wish I could just get a whole story. You could do, do a webcomic. Do a Tumblr. Do, you know... I mean, yeah, I've got do a big plan. I'm hoping to do... I've got a big plan, but it's a big story that I really want to spend a huge amount of time on this one thing. Start it. Just, just start. There's nothing... I mean, like, this is with the portal mod, I thought, well, I may as well just start. I mean, tell you what, I'm going to go back onto this again. Uh, I think I still have a backup of it. When the game started, it was originally about someone trying to escape GLaDOS, but then being betrayed by the person who was trying to help them escape. Basically, the plot was Portal 2. <laughs> Portal 2, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. Do you know what? It was exactly Portal 2. And then Portal 2 got released, and I was very unhappy. I was I was actually genuinely pissed off when I played Portal 2 because I had had the plot, written it, voice acted it myself, mm-hmm. designed half the maps, only for it to be the same game. <laughs> I love how this podcast eventually goes to we all hate Portal 2. Which is so not true because I love Portal 2. <laughs> I love Portal 2 so much. But it's just weird how it we always go back to it. I don't think it's we, I think it's I go back to it, because it's a sore (laughs) point in my life that Portal 2 is a major disappointment. People hold it up on a pedestal like it's the second coming of Christ. No, Portal is the second coming of Christ. Portal 2 is... hmm, Portal 2 killed your family and you decided to be the Batman. (laughs) (laughs) Um, hmm. I would say that was more Duke Nukem Forever, but okay. I sincerely enjoyed Portal 2. Oh, so did I. Don't get me wrong. I loved every moment of Portal 2, except for the fact that all the chambers were piss easy, except for one. And uh, loads of testing elements came up and then were never used again. See, the co-op was far harder than the uh, single player. Yeah, but the problem I have with the co-op is that once you've played it once, it has no replayability, True. unless you're yeah. playing custom levels. Because if <laughs> you play it with someone who's played it before, then you both know the solutions, there's no point. If you play it with someone who has finished it all and you haven't, they get annoyed that you're going too slow, and you get annoyed they're going too fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, for instance, I, I played it with one person who I was living with at the time, and then um, my other friend, you know, my other in-real-life friend who wants to play the game has na- now cannot play um, Portal 2 co-op because he doesn't know anyone else to play it with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with those you know things, what, a lot of the chambers could, can be finished single player. You could just wait a while. I mean, you can wait three years for it all to just leave your brain. Mm. Yeah, to be honest, 
that doesn't work with portal chambers because they're often designed in such a way to be instantly recognisable. So yeah. you look and you instantly remember the solution to that puzzle. 99% of the time. It's more with Portal 1 than Portal 2, but I mean, every single chamber in Portal 2 I can remember the solution to, just because they're, apart from the fact they're piss easy. Mm. <laughs> I mean, if I was to go to Portal again, I'd struggle. I completed it several times, Portal but one. I think I'd struggle. Yeah, Portal 1. Do you know what? Some of the advanced chambers of Portal are easier than the regular ones. Yeah, I can I can picture that. The advanced chamber 18 is so fun when you learn how to do it wrong. Well, I mean, certain, one, certain ones of them where you... Uh, once you've learned the portal jump, you know, where you just basically get set yourself up on a wall and yeah. on the floor and, you know, create an infinite loop and then fire yourself out of the floor... Um, that solves probably the first, um, uh, well, between, like, the fifth room and the kind of 20th room. Like, most of those are solvable via that method. There's only 19 chambers. Really? <laughs> yeah, there's only 19 test chambers. And uh, I'm not including zero zero, which is put button, uh, sorry, put box on button. I who's, got a vacuum, who's got a vacuum cleaner going? It's a laptop fan, I think. Okay. Sorry. It could be me. All the same, it doesn't matter. But, I mean, yeah. Portal chambers are, are well designed and iconic and just uh, it's so good. But Portal 2s are. You remember the solution because of how easy they are, not because of how hard it was to figure them out the first time. Mm. 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 I do find that, you know, if you go back and play it. You do, you you kind of get the feeling that oh, I you recognise the thought process in your, within yourself rather than um, so much working it out again. You yeah. you kind of go back and think oh I remember now I was really frustrated and then I decided that I wanted to go and do, go over here and then I re- realised yeah. that you could do that. But with um, Portal One, I mean, just some of I don't know why Portal Two you don't get the same feeling. When you're flying through the air in Portal Two, as you're doing one, it's not the same. They've changed the physics a bit, and they've changed the way portals work. And they technically, the portals actually pull you into them now. And um, there's all sorts of little tweaks they've made. It doesn't feel quite right to someone who's played Portal One for so long. Mm. And the fact is, Portal Two, there's some elated feeling you get about flying through the air because. Uh, in Portal 1, there was no predicted fling arcs, which right. means that you could suddenly have a, a physics error and you just like fly in the wrong direction or something. You know, you could just be <laughs> like. Whereas in Portal 2, it's all funneled using trigger catapults. It's all completely mm-hmm. set. It's all using motion paths. By the way, makes it way easier to develop for, um, but it makes it a little bit heartless in the way it feels, and. Um, there's just something tactile about Portal that you don't get with Portal 2. Uh, like, as I said, finishing Chamber 18 the wrong way, which is where you fling yourself before the uh, slanted platform has been able to disappear. Finishing it the wrong way, ignoring all of the turrets, you get a thrill that you do not get in any other level. In, you don't get it in any level in Portal 2. Mm. You just don't. It's too scripted. I mean, as much as I hate saying that about Valve games, because they script them in a way that doesn't feel scripted, Portal 2, no, really did feel for a lot of it. There's stuff just happening around you, not to you. Yeah. And 
know. <coughs> I didn't. I, I suppose so. You did. You did kind of feel funneled in a way that you didn't. You felt. I don't know how to dis- describe it. it. There was a sense of um, the agent, your agency, being taken away mm. by agents within the game. Uh, or aspects within the game, as in GLaDOS, you felt was taking your agency away in Portal 1, whereas in Portal 2, you felt like the game was taking your agency away. Yeah. Disabling crouch jump, because Valve can't be bothered to make the banisters a little bit higher. Mm. For fuck's sake. I mean, actually, you can you can re-enable it with a console command. Almost every custom map I play does. Yeah. Because why disable crouch jump? It's a fundamental game design principle and everything isn't Call of Duty. Yeah. And that's why I Call of Duty basically just use context-sensitive jumping buttons anyway, so what's the point? <sighs> Sorry, uh, we drifted back onto hating Portal 2 again, didn't we? That's why I am <laughs> certain that at some point, you were walking home with your mum and your dad after going to the theatre, and then Portal 2 came out and stabbed them both, and you decided, <laughs> damn, damn, I'm going to be the bad man. <laughs> Portal 2 is... Or, uh, if you're not comfortable... If you're not comfortable with that, have it Gabe Newell was the one who stabbed your mum and dad, an actual person. No, but I love Half-Life. <laughs> but I you're can't... not going to love him if he stabbed your mum and dad. Mm, I still play Half-Life. <laughs> also, he can't count to three. Actually, did you notice that? Uh, Valve launched their thing called Pipeline, which is designed to get in teenagers into game design. Really clever idea. Um... But there's a Q&A, and one of the questions is, can Gabe count to three? <laughs> What's the right answer? Uh, I haven't... I can't remember, actually. Let me check. I that think it said good. yes, but... That's depressing. They sh- you should have had a better uh, response to that, surely. I, I just reckon at one point, they are going to surprise us with Half-Life 3. It'll happen. It will be a surprise. That's that's what all I know. It will not come through ARG. It will not come through. Ah. Uh, mm. It will be something that no one would expect. It we, will be an ARG. I can guarantee you this. It will be it an will ARG be an after they announce it. Thing is, everything Valve does gets scrutinised now because it could potentially be an ARG. Exactly. So they may as well just do one. I mean, they hired the guy who did the Nova. Was it um, uh, Adam someone? Uh, Adam Foster. Also, by the way, uh, obviously I have to skip back to earlier in the podcast when we were mentioning Half-Life mods. Uh, he did a Half-Life 2 mod called Minerva Metastasis, which is excellent. And he did a Half-Life 1 mod called Someplace Else, which is some of the best level design I have ever seen in anything. Because it's minimalist, it's perfect, it's balls hard, it's only one map long, and it feels like everything is a fair challenge. There isn't a moment where it feels wrong. But yeah, they hired him, funnily enough. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he, he's the guy behind all the ARGs. Well, I mean, speaking of ARGs, did you guys ever... Um, now, I'm I'm a radio guy, so this was a sp- ex- especially... Um, Interesting to me. But did you just do the, the, see the, I think it was the Halo 2, Halo 3? I love bees. I love bees. Um, yes. did you guys, were you participating in that or were you, uh, have you put, gone back and listened to the radio drama? 
I didn't participate. I listened to a lot of the radio drama. Uh, I wrote an entire essay on I Love Bees and various similar uh, ARGs for my A-level media. Bloody um, I mean, that ARG yeah. was incredible. Having That's people fantastic. in the middle of a, of a tornado going out to... Uh, uh, yeah, and the guy on the phone uh, had to break character and say, guys, we'll do the call another time. There's a hurricane 20 feet away. Run, run, run. <laughs> um, but it's like, he asked on the phone, just said, what's, what's the noise? Because they all had to be in character. Uh, what's the noise? And they're like, oh, it's the hurricane. And the guy says, okay, I'm not meant to break character. Go, run, leave. Just... <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a good, it was such a good uh, AIG. Um, requiring people to go out and do stuff was yeah a, a master stroke. Uh, and uh, I don't think it's ever been bested. I don't think it ever will be bested because the amount of money that got poured into that advertising campaign is parallel to none. Mm. I mean, Valve basically does their ARGs for free. They don't pay the guy to do it. That's just his job. Yeah. Um, it's just I can imagine Half-Life 3 won't get one because, one, it's what everyone expects, and two, they're going to want something big. So they'll, they'll do something. Bombastic. Uh, I, uh, I was half expecting. They can't just release it, and they won't just release it. They yeah. won't come out on stage and announce it because that's Valve. They never will do that. But that's the thing. I, I was hoping at some point in the PlayStation conference they would do something like they did with Portal Two. Mm, I hoped so as well. It's but... always my dream. Every time there's an E3. Well, um. There is, uh, going back to trading cards, it's all looping back on itself, the circle is complete. Um, <laughs> in a bunch of the Steam Summer Sale trading cards, there are symbols. Of course, in there the are. backgrounds, oh. uh, in circles. All of them are. They're in every single one of them. And if you overlay them, uh, they match up, and the darkest areas line up, say, I think it was like July 22nd or something like that. I can't remember what it was. Um, and people thought, hey, July 27th, maybe that means they're going to announce something. Of course, the date went and gone and nothing happened, but it was really cryptic they added that. I think they're just trolling us at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I did the overlay as well. I did the overlay myself, and yeah, uh, I was bored, funnily enough. And yeah, uh, they do say uh, July 27th. I don't know why. I think Gabe's news said it won't be a secret hidden thing. They would just announce it. Well... I don't know where he said that, but... An ARG doesn't have to be secret. The Portal 2 ARG was, like, right up in your face. Yeah, that's... Added radios to the chambers that made SSTV pictures. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, but that's incredible. That was really clever. And then dialing into the BBS and stuff. God, ARGs. I love ARGs. I just think they are completely beyond me because I am not nearly clever enough to uh, solve them or yeah. even participate in solving them. However, yeah. the most complicated ARG is one for Black Mesa Source, the Half-Life mod. Mm. Uh, there's an ARG hidden in that called the uh, called the Pizza ARG or Pizza's Lie or something like that. Mm. Um, they still haven't solved it. Really? Yeah, it's still ongoing. Uh, they don't know. Uh, all they know is it will not lead to money. It will not lead to the release date of Zen. 
it will not lead <laughs> to something that will make Zen come out faster. Um, but it exists, and it's a, it's the most complicated IG I've ever seen to the point where it, use in, it uses military grade encryption uh, systems that people had to break. Wow. Uh, it's uh, actually truly incredible. And it involved people going through every single texture in Black Mesa Source trying to find hidden codes. <laughs> oh, dear. I, that, well, I, I honestly, you know, normally in a normal puzzle, you'd expect that was the point when you're looking too too close to things oh. that you, where you've lost the, you've lost the trail. Um, but no, in ARGs, like often you know, that's the right that's the right way to go look through all of the all of the files it sounds yeah. like when you're trying to complete a puzzle and then when you finish it you realize that you've been playing snakes and ladders all along yeah something like that so there was a, a hidden room in black mesa as well where if you know the bit on the cliffs in surface tension um one of the most classic bits of half-life uh there's a button down by some dead guards or something like that and if you press that and then run very quickly to the other side you get teleported to a secret room that has a pizza in it, and it has a bunch of ciphers on the walls and um, all sorts of hidden stuff. Uh, but, you know, again, it's one of the things that's really clever, and just all this hidden stuff is genius. Mm. So elaborate. And I'll be honest, I really wish they hadn't done it, because if they hadn't spent so long dicking around with an ARG, they might have gotten Zen done in time. <laughs> But there we go. What are you going to do? Mm. Uh, bitch and moan. That's what, what I seem to be doing with a lot of developers recently. What Every like. single week I email the odd one inhabitants to say, hey, is Munch coming out of the Vita yet? <laughs> You're still doing that. Yes. <laughs> I still, still do that. Munch uh, if I haven't done it seven. this week, I'm going to do it now. <laughs> do it. Go on. Um, honestly, I'm, the, show. The, the one company I'd really like to see do an ARG will never do it, which is Nintendo. No, they won't, will they? I, I would love to see Nintendo do an ARG. Uh, probably based around Legend of Zelda. Probably based around a HD remake of Majora's Mask. Because of all the games that Nintendo have ever um, made, I have never seen quite so much intrigue around, uh, that, around anything other than that game. You know, more than that game. Majora's I Mask... I still haven't completed it. Majora's Mask has so many rumours. I mean, even discounting the whole um, Ben Drown, you know, Ben Dot WMV business. There's all sorts like that in that game. The game is spooky. Spooky and complex, and there are so there's so much in it that doesn't need to be there for any other reason than to make you intrigued and make you feel like there's a world. And I love it. That game is one of my favourite. Possibly my favourite ever game. The game is so far the darkest thing. It's one of the darkest. I mean, the fact is, you can you can play loads of games, and they've got dark moments, or they're like really dark, or you know, they've got dark themes. Legend of Zelda is the one that's the darkest. Like um, that woman. Oh, Adam dropped. Oh. 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 Like that. uh, that that woman ah. um, who's comforting the boy in the tower or whatever it is. Uh, I can't remember what it was, but like there's all sorts uh, where the people know they're going to die. The tower. 
I can't remember who it was, but there's a little boy and, and, and she's saying, oh yeah, tomorrow we're going to do all this and, you know, and we're going to, we're going to oh, have a yeah. time. And, but she knows she's about to die. Everyone in that game knows they're all about to die. Yeah. Well, I mean, but the most thing, the th- biggest thing is, is the fact that when you go back in time, mm-hmm. you go back in time, but the world you were in continues to exist. Yeah. Yeah. Because, um, that you establish uh, you establish that. separate timelines yeah you, uh, that it's, is the creepiest most unsettling thing the fact is you time. keep screwing up and you keep killing everyone yeah every time you um, every time you play the song of uh, time you kill an entire town's worth of people you kill the world yeah, you don't just kill the town you kill the entire planet <laughs> because an angry moon crashed into it yeah and the, so the first dark moment in Majora's Mask, um, and I love being this in depth with games, uh, is when you are turned into the Deku Scrub, yeah. and um, you're chasing the Skull Kid along um, a load of platforms. You find out that you can dive into plant, uh, dive <laughs> into flowers to fly or glide for a little while, um, and you come across this thing. Just on the side of a uh, one of these platforms, which look like kind of cut down trees, um, and it's just this thing. It looks like uh, I don't know how to describe oh, it. It's I heard kind of about got these this sprout out of its head, so it looks a little bit like a, a, a like a Deku tree, a young Deku tree. Uh, yeah, and, and and you go later on and you find the mother of the. Yeah, essentially yeah. later on in the game you go to the Deku Palace and you find the butler of that palace uh, has, and his son's been missing for weeks. Uh, sorry, no, I say, you say weeks. No, his son's been missing for uh, the amount of days since you got there. Yeah. Um, and with every every other time you play the Song of Healing... healing <laughs> excuse me. Every other time you play the Song of Healing on uh, anyone else who's dying or dead or um, uh, struggling, you essentially take their soul and turn it into a mask. Um, and so the inference there is that the um, butler's son was caught by the uh, Skull Kid using Majora's Mask, and he literally ripped his soul out and put it into, the, into your mask. Yeah. Which is... Um, and I'm amazed this stuff got past the translation. Yeah. I mean... Um... <laughs> It's subtleties. I mean, the fact is, it's even creepier in the Japanese version of a lot of this stuff. But really? it's still, uh, yeah, supposedly the Japanese version has people outright telling you, you know, uh, very, like, saying, we're going to go about our business because it's going to happen regardless. There's right. nothing well, we can yeah. do. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, at least in the, the English one, they do occasionally make mention of, oh, no, we're all going to die. <laughs> More straightforward. Well, that and people, you know, some people are just in outright denial. Yeah, they're like, no, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But that's normal. But in the Japanese version, there are people who've accepted it. Oh, wow. And apparently in the Japanese version, there are people going all through or through all five stages of grief. Wow. Um, I mean, that's cool. So there are people that are in denial. There are Because that's why it's left over. There are people who've accepted it. There are people in denial. There are people who are trying to bargain. There are people with all of this mm. and there are leftovers of this in the Japanese in the English translation but it's not all there yeah um, uh, yeah I mean it's just some of it 
is so subtle. And I honestly think this is a game where the guys at Nintendo thought, let's freak out some children. Honestly, I played it as a child. I mean, I played it as a teenager. Um, and all it's, it, all it um, proved to me, or all it showed to me, was that games can be more than just um, a, a kind of Disney story. And games can have more to them narratively than they than they first appear. Uh, the, the greatest thing about Majora's Mask might have come out of the translation in that it doesn't tell you everything. There is that subtlety there. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, the game, honestly, I think it's damn near perfect in the way it is. The only problem I have with it, I can't play it. Uh... Because the N64 gives me a headache. And I don't mean this, I don't mean this, I don't mean N64 era games, because I can play that sort of game on a PS1. I can play that sort of game on on PC. Because, I mean, Star Wars Episode 1 Racer, I can play on PC, it's fine. I play that on the N64, it gives me a migraine. I don't know what it is about the way the N64 renders 3D, it hurts for me to look at. That's really odd. It's the only console that hurts. Change that. Uh, It's better, but it's not good. Which is why I'm hoping for a Majora's Mask remake on the 3DS. Oh, I would just love... Have you seen the trailer? You know, the the, the, the fake trailer? The fan one, yeah, I've seen it. Oh, that. how good that was. And when the Song of Healing comes in, I mean, that's all nostalgia for me from having played it, but... Um, I mean, as I said, I played Majora. I played it on the GameCube emulated version, but it still gave me a headache. A really interesting. Because uh, um, it was still just emulated. And honestly... Those feels when uh, when the song of healing filtered through, and I saw the clock, you know, the inside of the clock tower, and I I couldn't even contain myself. I was really really uh, emotionally excited yeah. about that. Yeah. Well, knowing Nintendo, they'll wait three generations before doing it. Yeah, of course they will. Um, but I'm just with Wind Waker going up. Um, I feel like. Uh, um, I, I think I think it could happen. I think it could happen. It could do. Could do. Uh, let's close the show out, shall we? Because uh, we're running long. Mm. Anything else? Uh, very quickly. Anyone else want to bring anything up? Because it's mostly been me talking. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I was going to talk about uh, Jimquisition this week. Ah, oh, we didn't do the Defoe pitch. Uh, then Adam's internet. Adam's right? gone. Yeah. Okay, next week. Um. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I was going to talk about you know, free to play games um, relative to the gym position this week. Incidentally, this is going to take me forever to edit because uh, the call is two hours and forty-five minutes long. Um. But. Uh, yeah. So if we should we just start uh, plugging things and each other and that sort of thing. Yeah, okay. Um, I'd love to start plugging all of you. Let's, let's start the plugging then. Anyway, I am on Twitter at Spamcan. I don't know. I'll do shit. I do things. I still need help with my portal mod. Anyone out there who is a Source Engine mapper. Just give me a hand. Seriously, I can't finish this. I don't have the time. I might do it at uni. I'll have the time then, but I want some help. I've been working on it for four years. I've got all the assets. It just needs being put together and being finished and and put together something cohesive. So, you know, um, 
If I could, wants to give a word. Well, you're going to help out with sound, so that, that's more than enough help because I suck at sound editing. It's it's literally probably the easiest part of your complex job, I imagine. I don't know. There's some really easy bits. <laughs> uh, I am uh, at Matt Speaks Words on Twitter. Um, you can find a couple of radio plays I've made, I guess, including some children's stories um, on Matt Speaks Words on SoundCloud. And uh, I'll also plug Adam's shit. Um, <laughs> it's, not, it's not shit, it's, it, it's good, but I mean, it's his shit as in stuff. It's some good um, shit. It's good shit, as in mm-hmm. uh, his Tumblr, which is www.adamowenftw.tumblr.com. It's art and stuff. It's good. He did our uh, banner art and stuff, so that's nice of him. Yeah. It's arty fartsy crap that he does. What a nice fella. Yeah. He's a good guy. Uh, Team Rocket. Hello. How would you like to plug things? Um, I haven't really got anything to plug just yet, but uh, soon I'll have a collection of short stories on Amazon, so we'll do oh, that wow. at some point. Yeah, it's the yeah, Amazon okay. self-publishing. That's oh, cool. excellent. Will those be available in book form as well as ebook? Um, I don't think so. I had a look at their book form, and you you really do have to have uh, you you have to raise the price a lot more than what I'm willing to sell these for. <laughs> Well, I don't know, Stuart Ashen managed to do it. He uh, accidentally <laughs> released uh, 50,000 Shades of Grey, which is just the words uh, Shades of Grey 50,000 times in a book. Uh, and that's like seven pounds. <laughs> wow. Did anyone actually buy it? Lots of people have bought it. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it's one of those things that you, you buy to be ironic, isn't it? I want yeah. one. <laughs> and finally, Jay, uh, plug us all. Plug yourself. Hmm. Sergey the first. I don't do anything cool or creative. I'm just, just a person living. Yeah, but Existing. you are JJ Solomon. You know. So. Um. I guess. I I I I'm considering changing my last name. I just I just want to change to Jameson. I, I just want Marry I just want to run around and use people opposite screwing and getting screwing people getting uh, <laughs> pictures of Spider-Man. Hmm? Oh, that's the... I'm just... You really should. You really should walk into random offices uh, just saying, Parker! Get me those goddamn scores on that no good goddamn Spider-Man! Uh, if only your your surname was Jameson. Get me that walk, my motherfucker. Oh, well, we actually have questions. Oh, God. Do we actually? Are you we have lying? three. Three uh, minutes. One of them isn't a question. It's just scream nipples as hard as you can, so I'm not going to do that. Nipples! Everyone is asleep in my house. This is a bad idea. Nipples! Nipples! Nipples. There we go. Um, nipples! Uh, my friend Ian asks Reggie Yates. Probably. I... This is a joke that, yeah, Jay, you won't get that. You won't know who Reggie Yates is. 
Um, he used to be on Top of the Pops. He used to be on Smile. Um, he's mostly known for Smile. And, and he was also in Doctor Who for a bit as Martha's brother. Um, he was in it. And for a bit, I mean a bit. He showed up in two episodes and was barely in them. So there we go. Uh, I think he also did Blue Peter once. Nice. Final question isn't really a question. It's just the relationship between the anus and the chungus. I, th- I feel like that's uh, more less a question and more an essay title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, quite. Um, uh, Alexander Kubiashi? Kubiashi. Alexander Kobayashi Maru, you are <laughs> to write that essay. Okay? This, yeah, this is your task. We will read it. I will read it. I'll I'm read it. Words. I'll, I'll fucking audiobook it for you if you want. Do it. Like, if, you, it. If, you re- if you write that essay, I will audiobook the shit out of that. Do it. It will have its own episode and everything. Just, yeah, do that. If I, re- if I receive an essay titled The Re- Relationship Between the Anus and the Chungus... I will put my voice to that. <laughs> you may regret this when it comes down to Probably, probably. Um, but there you go. I've made it now. That's my uh, that's my promise to you. Okay. Well, final plugs. Potoid Wiki is a thing. We need more people writing for that. Go write for it. Uh, the Potoid Facebook group is a thing. Also now available, Potoid with Blackjack and Hookers, which is the uh, non-public version. Uh, yeah. People were asking why we started this. Reason is the Facebook news feed, and by the way, there's no way to turn it off, will automatically send everything you post to everyone on your friends list. Yeah. Now, bear in mind that I have minors on my friends list. I really shouldn't be sending them D for deep dicking. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I decided that I'm going to move all my activities into a private group because, uh, I don't feel comfortable having that be direct. It's a matter of not directly sending it to them. I'm fine with it being public. I don't want it directly being forwarded into their email. Well, my, my main problem was the fact that I'd post something entirely, you know, just fine, just absolutely innocent onto the Facebook, uh, onto the Podtoy Facebook group. And then Matty Shoestring would link, uh, porn on the same. <laughs> Red. That is what he does. <laughs> Which is pretty much what he does. Another reason to um, uh, to join uh, Podtoid with Blackjack and Hookers because that's basically the, like I'd say probably about twenty five to fifty percent of the content is Matty Shoestring linking porn. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest. It's almost entirely that. I can't say it's tw- you know. Apart from there's also a video of Pump Up the Jam saying yeah, yeah Technotronic yeah. Oh, another thing. I have been tasked by the good old Jonathan Holmes to animate a video of Jim doing the dance to winging in it. Um, what? I might get Adam in on this because I'm not great at animation. Um, yeah, I, I said to him that someone should animate that and he went, everyone would love that. So I'm thinking, oh, all right, fine. If you're backhanded way of asking. Sorry. It's your backhanded way of asking, is it? Um... So there. Hmm. And there it is. Uh, that is a podcast. That's what you fucking get. Uh, I think this is going to be a bumper edition because Jesus Christ, we went for nearly three hours. Mm-hmm. Yep, I intend to go and say the social. Yeah. So I mean, the, that'll, that'll probably uh, edit out to about mm, two and a half. 
Hmm. Fair enough. What the hell are we calling this episode? I don't know. We'll figure something out. Uh, how about how about just Sam hates Portal Two? Just, bumper just because... bumper porn special, I'd say. But there you go. Uh, That's we not didn't even really talk about that for long because there's nothing to talk about. Yeah, nothing That's happened for gaming. But there's I no still finished left left the world. Um, and uh, some nothing else happened. <laughs> no, just rest in peace, Phil Fish. If you're listening to Potted, uh the Podtoid Idiots podcast, enjoy.